probably be dead. It's The Stansberry Show, Rock 106.9. Welcome to The Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. This morning, has, well, it'll be like every other morning this week where you get hooked up with $1,000 every single hour on the show. We'll uh, give you your first opportunity just a couple of minutes from right now and then continue. I'll show along. Teresa and Fisher get in on the action, too, as we continue to do it until 9 p.m. every evening on Rock 106.9. We also have great white tickets for you this morning. Slaughter is uh, part of that bill yesterday. We uh, found a little bit about me and some history with Slaughter yesterday. That one kind of felt like a kick in the balls. Actually, a buddy of mine said to me, he tweeted at me, he was like, I told the story about how a girl I knew slept with a couple of dudes from Slaughter at the same time. And uh, (laughs) she told me this while we were kind of like hanging out, you know, being a thing. And a guy I know tweeted at me. He was like, dude, he's like, how do you think like old groupies feel now? Like when some of those bands are like on the rib circuit and it was like you did everything in the world you could do to go backstage to like meet one of those guys, get on the bus, do some slutty thing. And now like they don't have hair and like you're hoping 200 people show to the gig. I hope they feel absolutely fantastic about it, people. She's still proud, I bet. The slow demise of all of us is happening as we speak. We're all oh, getting we worse go. each and every day, dude. Oh my it's God. just one step closer to that grave. Oh my God. The, dude, the, 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 dude the, marriage the, apparently the is not good. The is just pulling it out of all of us. So if you have a story to be proud of or even to be like something, oh, glory hey, days. this is right, this is entertaining or funny or interesting, live for the goddamn story. Go back on that tour bus and do it. Who cares oh what they're doing God. when they're 57 Yo, years? Old. Jeez, here we go. Good okay. for that girl. Wow, wild turn. Here I was. <laughs> here I was thinking we could be, you know, a, a, a source to the community no. and come out with like no. a, a cautionary tale to keep your slutty ass off buses and not be banging rock stars because it seems like a good idea now, but well, eventually they're going to be old and it's going to seem silly. But, but no, Fantone's going glory days. Isn't it better? Isn't it better that it was rock stars and it was a story and it was something rather than sleeping with two dudes you worked with and having them end up fight over you that you never want to talk about again? This chick's got a story. This chick's got something to talk about. This chick's got something to be like, hey, I did this in my life. Just like when people say, oh, yeah. tattoos. Okay. How are tattoos going to look when you're older? Who cares? You're right. old. You're about to die anyway. Chick's got a story. I can't lie, but I just don't know if like, you know, double penetration in herpes Jeez. cells. I don't know Jeez. if that's an Amazon bestseller. Jeez. I'm not sure it is. What I'm going to say is that I don't think same, it is. That same scenario could have happened without the story. So the fact that she okay, has it, okay. I'm going to tip my hat right. to her rib circuit or wherever the hell these people You're are right. playing. Old groupies, okay. thumbs up for you. You're right, but I think I'm right too. And watch now as I sell my point. No, no, no. Here's what I'm saying. You're right. All right. The story could have happened. It could have just been two random dudes. Instead, it ended up being Mark Slaughter and, I don't know, some dude, some dude who was in Slaughter. You see what I'm saying? They're just dudes. At least you're getting talked about on the Stansberry Show, dude. That's right. Plenty of chicks have been trained out. 20 years later. nobody talking about that. Yeah, 20 years later, you're being slut-shamed on the Stansberry Show for, you know, a gangbang on the back of the Slaughter bus. I'm slut-encouraging. There's no shame here. There's no shame Thumbs up for you, woman. Well, I was being facetious. <laughs> oh, my good God. How are you this morning? How are I'm you? Good, man. Oh, I'm good, man. I'm good. What's going on? I'm good. What's going on in the stories of Fantone? Uh, what I will yeah, say is, is I uh, I woke up this morning a little bit earlier than normal, so I got to watch something, which I normally don't get to do in the morning. I watched go. a new episode of South Park last night, and, dude, I stand firm. The greatest show in the history of yeah, television. you've been on this. I 100%. I feel like I got to go back. Okay. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what it is, because I'm not against adult animals. 
animation. I like Bob's Burgers right. a lot. And so I, I it's not, I, but I somewhere along the line, I gave up on, dude, it's been years and years. And, but it, but it's apparently holding up. I, in my humble opinion, I think maybe not. See, as... when people say that, in my humble opinion, you know what that <laughs> is? It's like, you sit down, slee stacks, as I now just like vomit knowledge upon you and you shall accept it. That's a, yeah, I know what you're Don't doing. In this. But in my humble opinion, what I will say is it might not be as hysterically funny as it was, but what it has well, now. Well, that's not even a slight. But it's it's still very funny. It's so topical. It's so deep. It's so like. It's, the topical thing's a good argument. It really, really is. The fact that they can turn around in a week. And last week, what it all was, was they were t- attacking the Chinese government for censorship and things like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I heard about that. So then they kind it. of got mixed up and the Chinese government's talking trash and they removed South Park from the internet and all this different stuff so dude they were just like hitting it double barreled last night and like the fact that they're able to do that and take what is like current events and incorporate them into their show now there has been times in the past where there's been a swing and a miss and when you've been on for 20 plus years there's gonna that's gonna happen oh my god but 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 give it 10 minutes we'll find one as, as a whole dude watching that this morning like i said it wasn't that it was the funniest episode ever but it was it was just so good it was just there was just so much depth Simpsons. Simpsons v. South Park. Oh, Simps- or South Park for sure. Not even close for me. You, love- because of the turnaround? I love The Simpsons. I still watch The Simpsons regularly, like the new really? episodes of The Simpsons. Okay. Yeah, like sometime during the week, I'll be like, oh, yeah, whatever. All right, I haven't seen one. that in forever either. Um, But no, Simpsons has its golden era of when it was at its best. Oh, South yeah, Park, I would agree. South Park for 20 years has grown, gotten better, gotten funnier, gotten like like you can point to the to the to the dead end of the Simpsons when it's like, oh, okay, this isn't as good as it was. South Park continues to grow, so no, South Park one hundred percent for me. I don't even know how they do it. I'm putting South Park above like Monday Night Raw, dude. Like I swear to God, the greatest tell okay, better than you the think news. that's something. You you did you did so you did so good you did so good and then you just went to raw and like most people went okay oh, oh this is what we're comparing uh, it to okay and on that note in your I, humble opinion what huh? I do want to say is that yes when especially when I say Monday Night Raw well that's a big brand it I, is. but when I was in sixth grade did I love South Park and Monday Night Raw of course but what I will say about that Monday Night Raw is still very much the same thing South Park is not that show dude, was developed dude here, and I just, here, greatest here, show ever. I hear you say sixth grade watching South Park. Here's mm-hmm. the thing. If I had a sixth grader right now, I don't oh, want them no, watching no, South no. Park. No. Well, I mean, it's not that my that's parents... What's, no, it's crazy. It's like, dude, that's what happens. You start getting a little later in your life. You're like, I can't let them. What, what are you kidding me? Old? I, no. I, I get out of here. No, what I'll say about that, it's not that my parents were letting no, me do it. No, I know. I know how things happen. I was happen. certainly out there doing it, you know, yeah, making sure. sure. Had that blanket over or like going over to my buddy's house. Um, but yeah, there's just been, there's just been so much that's happened with that show. I, I got to go back and I'll start watching it. I, well, and I can't even exactly tell you like, well, Hey, here's when to pick it up. But like this past season before this one was phenomenal, this season shaping like, up to be just as good. I'm going to turn on South Park and I'm going to be like, who's that? Who's that? Who's that? Who's that? I mean, there's gotta be yeah. 50 new people that I have. I mean, I, there's got, I mean, dude, it, it's probably been 10 years since I've watched it. Like yeah. with any regularity, like if you don't know PC principal and like randy how he owns a weed farm now and like i don't even i mean were you around in like the towley days he's kind of made a big comeback yeah that's kind of i wasn't a this is where you started like mr hanging turns talking and that's the thing it can take that 
that buffoonery. It can take that like, oh my god, how stupid <clears throat> a talking towel that smokes weed, and at this point has genuinely turned it into like a character. Well, we call it Fantone, but I, I mean, I, you know what I mean? Call it. I mean, I guess, I guess call it whatever. The, I, I guess call it whatever the hell you want. Every hour, your shot. Your shot to win $1,000 happens. Like I said, a couple of minutes. We'll give you your first one. It turns out we are getting faster as Americans at something. We'll tell you what that is after we give you your shot at $1,000 right now. Six nine. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9. Baker Mayfield responded back to Richard Sherman over Handshake Gate. I guess if we're going to call it that. I, uh, <laughs> my, uh, I urge everybody in the country not to do it, but that's, uh, that's what I've seen it referred to as. But uh, at 7 o'clock, we'll... Run down what Baker had to say. Give you our take on that. That'll also be your next opportunity at one thousand dollars. People need that thousand, dude. I know somebody listening right now is like a thousand dollars. See, I know what he's doing right there, people. When he's a, you know, people need that thousand. What he's saying is, I do. Just got married. Just got back from Vegas. Your boy needs some bread. I'm like, wait, how much? Wait, how how much was this? Why did we do that? Can we go back and give so, that back? So, hey, now? you know what? We've never asked you. What is that? So, like, you went to Vegas for the first time Indeed. with your with, with your new wife, Indeed. and uh, and and I thought that was a good choice. I um, uh, do we have a uh, do we have a dollar amount on 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 uh, Fantone's uh, money waged versus what we came up? With? Like, do you know up down where Vegas has you? You're saying Vegas as a whole, or just like gambling? No, the money you waged. Yeah, yeah, uh, gambling money. Because you're not a huge gambler. Not a huge gambler. And here, I will tell you the gambling story that we kind of like, we, we kind of had. Oh, you have one. Um, yeah, and I'm not, you, you know, I'm not, does. I'm not in particularly like savvy when it comes to gambling. And sure. that's probably why I don't like to do it is because I often feel like, wait, I just put my dollar in here and press this button and now it's gone. That's, that's what happened. That's what happens. That's what happened. It's the opposite of the ATM machine. And I never really <laughs> bought into, remember, what was this, 20 years ago at this point, the big poker phenomenon that happened in America. You weren't into that. I never bought into that. You weren't watching it. So, so, uh, so no. So I've always been a little bit like eh, standoffish with games. Because I don't understand it. I don't get it. And I, I feel like sure. I'm throwing my money away. And I feel like that's a waste. Well, but, you should be knowledgeable about anything you do. But one thing that I, I, I do know how to play is roulette. And, okay. Like, not the most complicated <clears throat> game in the world, but like, I kind of understand that. So me and her, like, she doesn't know anything about gambling. So I was like, babe, you can figure this out. If I can do this, you can do this. And I kind of showed her on a video, go board. And I was like, okay. We both put in a 20. We played for like, an hour and we walked away losing like no big deal or whatever but so we go to another hotel and i'm like oh hey this is a this is a caesar's property let's gamble here because that way they'll give us comps and blah 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 because that's blah. where you stayed with caesar's right and and <clears> they <throat> know like it's just like cole's cash dude once they get you into that endless loop of like hey here's real dollars for fake dollars and so i can spend these this free prime rib if i win <laughs> if i so all right kids college fund and prime rib at 4 a.m no, deal no i like it that's they, a fair trade they 100 percent understand what they're doing there god i love vegas but, but so so we I go in it. and it's like nine o'clock in the morning super early we're like the only <clears> ones in there and we we both put in a 20. We're gambling. We're doing our thing. The cocktail waitress comes over and is like, hey, do you guys want drinks? Megan's talking to the cocktail waitress. Gets a beer. So as the cocktail waitress goes like to go get our drinks, she looks down and she's like, babe, I just hit. <gasps> now, it was, you know, it's dollar roulette. So it's not like okay. this huge payout. But so she just hit. 
I'm like, cash out, girl, cash out. So we put 20 in, and she's up to 70. So I'm like, cash out. 50 bucks made. Yeah, 50 bucks made. That's living high in the hog in the Fantone house. So I'm sitting there, and I'm like down to my last, like, because I was making making $5 bets. And so I'm down to my last five playable. Okay. And so I'm like, well, I'm going to play 23 for LeBron. I play 23. I play red. I play odd. I play the row. I play the, you know, the 18 Dude, we're playing six for Baker, you Browns hater. (laughs) I don't get a six bet for Baker, you Browns hater. Honestly, what I was doing is I was picking my favorite basketball players and playing oh, okay. their numbers. And I was like 23 for LeBron. I'd pick 33 a lot. I'd pick two a lot. And China just said, <laughs> screw you, Fantone. But no, it it's was. the most topical joke ever. Favorite, favorite basketball players was definitely a, like my system there. Okay. She was playing 28 the whole time because that was our wedding anniversary. Okay. I was playing I was playing that. But so I play 23 for LeBron. And this is the, the, the play after she cashes out on. Boom, 23. No, Your boy's like, oh, my God. Now Back-to-back cash-outs? Back-to-back hits on cash-outs. Now, most times, people are going to sit there and be like, well, dude, the winning's just going to keep coming. If this now, story ends with ass. you back in the hotel room buying more wrestling belts <laughs> off of eBay, I swear to God. Not my cheap ass, dude. We both cash out. We get those free beers. We go get our money, and we walk the hell out of that casino, No, dude. see, I think... gamble again the entire trip. I think you said it wrong. I think you said it wrong. I, that's the thing about... Dude, gambling it, that's the thing it's a little bit like drugs like, oh, like you're drugs, you're chasing dude. that first time you're chasing that first time you get high every time you do it after that and the, here's the trick you ain't never getting it no dude you ain't never getting just it chasing that dragon that first one's the best that first one is the best and like that's just the way it works so i it, the, the thing about gambling is is that i have a little bit all right people all right. Other than my sports gambling, like <laughs> I, I, like I don't have, I really don't have a desire to sit at a blackjack table for a long time. I don't. I will a little bit here or there when I go visit my family and stuff like that. But like my mom and my brother, like, dude, if you leave those two in there, good lord! I mean, literally, you need the Apollo Sandman out there with the hook getting my mom out of those places sometimes. And it's like I just, I don't. For me, like I like betting sports because now watching a game, there, there's real interest in it versus just like, well, let me just lay here just eat pizza and you know what i mean like there's something now i'm invested well betting betting games at the very least you get two plus hours of my money this money matters this money matters right. what i'm doing here when you're playing slots when you're playing a table game even when you're playing cards that's go rel- quick over now. relatively quick, quick now. dude. like once you start throwing it in and especially slot machines and people always talk about like you know well why is social media so addictive and blah 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 and it's like because they Bells, copied whistle, vegas because right. they copied those goddamn Bells, slot whistles look over here moves fast reason, for the same reason Stansberry's mom is just sitting there pumping Jeez. those dollars into it. We're Sorry, sitting Mom. there looking Sorry. at our phones, getting that same dopamine fix. Uh, it's it's MTV. It's what did it all, right? I mean, I, I, I mean, I don't want to be like, let's go all the way back to the rabbit hole. But I mean, that's definitely uh, w- was one of the kickoff points. I remember everybody talking about how fast their programming was and how quick, and you know what I mean, and and and, and switching camera angles and all that stuff. And yeah, I mean, it's totally part of it. Yeah, it's it's everyone's got something that's going to tickle them, and and definitely Vegas has understood that, like, hey. That win, that ding, that bling, 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 oh. bling. When it's, oh my gosh, dude, it was so exciting. Like, it's we're both so exciting. There, like, oh my God, this shit Ex- happened. I can't believe more fights don't happen in Vegas. I, like, I've said to my brother, like, cause here's the thing. I've been in, I can't claim, claim to have been in every casino in Las Vegas. Cause I mean, w- no, welcome to it, right? Yeah, right. But I've been band. in casinos deep in neighborhoods in like Vegas where most tourists are never going to go. I'm talking like where no, Saturday night at eight o'clock, it looks like Tuesday morning. 
morning at 4 a.m., four people sitting at a table, 25 cent, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, sad, I'm talking, like, dude, Cigarette like, smoke everywhere. Like, move to Vegas, I'm going to make it big. And then next thing you know, it's like, wow, is this a tough life? I can only imagine how those sketch casinos, because, like, the nice ones, dude, they have good filtration systems, they've got high-quality employees walking around, they've got people cleaning stuff. Those sketchy, like, those sketchy off the strip, dude, that, awesome. has to be, that has to be terrible. Dude, it's some of the best people watching you'll ever do in your oh, I'm life. I'm sure, I'm sure. But here's the thing. Like, you got people legitimately losing their lives next to people hitting, like, $2,000 parlays and stuff like that. I can't believe you don't see more, like, Nick Bosa tackles and just, <laughs> like, just knocking grandmas off stools, right? Like, because the desperation of the pure just, like, I'm losing everything you just want. It's literally coming out of the machine. Like, I can't believe you don't see more of it. Why did it happen to you and not me? Why right. did you get that payout? Why did you? And let's be real, too. It's not like anybody's on their guard out there. That's one of the things I observed for sure is people were just so like, man, I'm on vacation. The hammer. bad's going to happen to Vacation me. mode's dangerous. Oh, 100%. It's dangerous. One, and I, I was guilty of it. There was one point we were crossing a street, and we like didn't almost get hit, but I saw this car coming. I was like, Megan, <laughs> we got to get our drunk asses out of here. Yeah, all right. This, I should not tell this story. But but vacation mode got me, in, it, well, almost got me in a little trouble once. I forget even where we were, but it was me and a couple of buddies. We were on a road trip to go see a band or something. Right. And we were just in it. I was at a gas station. Pumping gas into the car, and I just pulled a joint out of my pocket and lit his car. <laughs> he rolled down the window of the car. He's like, "Dude, look at you smoking a joint at a gas pump, like you're not in America." Like, dude, I know, I know you don't got to go to work in two hours, but the cops are no, still they're working. They're still part of this they're whole. Working. They're still part of this whole system. Yeah, man, vacation mode can get you in trouble real, real fast. So yeah, uh, all right. So you, all right. So you won money. We you're won, up on dude. Vegas. We we walked out, and that was the thing. Is I knew in that moment, I was like, "Well, if we keep playing, this is all out the window. This is all gone." So she hit, I hit. It's getting no better than that, right? Back to back hits on video roulette. How did that happen? Because yeah, wanted, no, that's good. Because they knew they were like, "Oh, look at these two. It's early. They want a little dopamine. They want to fix." Whoa, they knew. Vegas they is knew. fixed. They knew. You think Vegas is fixed? Um, they know. I think that there's. I think that there's it, it's fixed in the sense of yeah, in the sense of you're going to lose what you win. Yeah. Yeah, they know that if they give you a big payout every now and then, then you're going to stay. You're going to so, stick. No random. And honestly, this is one of those things. I think if I would have started gambling younger, if I would have bought into that poker craze when it happened, I think that could have been the thing that got me. But I think what happened is I was like, well, no, I'm going to do drugs instead. And then <laughs> Way better choice. Well, but then I kind of learned how to like... <clears throat> regulate my addiction and uh, kind of learn how to like well dude you need you need to check yourself on that well here's the thing i don't want to be like you know which addiction is better <laughs> you know what I mean? but, that's not I, I can't imagine i can't imagine dr drew goes god i gotta tell you that stands where you guys headed for big things but i think here's the thing people are less likely to stop you from gambling too much you're more likely to be able to hide it from people. Like you would have yeah. no idea if I was in financial ruin, really, if I was gambling too much. I mean, really? I mean, how would you know? A lot easier to hide. There's no but if I was, evidence. dude, if I was like really messed up on like hard drugs, you'd be able to see it every day. Like, uh, bro, you're nodding out at the board. Yeah, and I, I mean, obviously, with you know, trust me, I watched a guy <laughs> nod out at the board for four years. It was pretty rough. With casinos coming into Ohio and and all of that happening, you hear more and more like, you know, if you have a problem with gambling addiction and blah 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 blah, like. 
like it's a little bit more of a socially acceptable addiction too. I mean, like drugs. At the end of the day, well, you're always I mean, getting that. Listen to how often I laugh it off with. I mean, right? I mean, I talk about it all the time. I'm like, yeah, I lost a couple hundred bucks last night on the route. We were just talking about your mom, and it was just kind of like, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Sue, she's sitting there pumping in dollars into yeah. her, into and it. she and does. Like, and like, well, why can't anybody retire right now? Well, I don't know if my mother's story is indicative of everybody in the country. But it's but. somebody's, but it's somebody's. You know what I mean? So like. It's just one of those things I think you just have to, I think we did a good job of saying like, well, we're putting this much forth. If we lose it, we're done. And once we got over it, it was like, well, dude, here's the thing better it is long. My brother to, it always says this to me. Gambling, as long as you look at it as something you're going out tonight to just do, and it's not a plan, right. you're probably going to be okay. Okay. That if you're just like, hey, this is Saturday night, and we not like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to retire because I'm going to ta- <laughs> because gonna because I'm going to take down Caesars. No, you're not. <laughs> not no, work. you're not. not no, work. you're not. It will never, never, ever happen. Americans are getting faster at something. I'm interested to find uh, Fantone's actually a very interesting case study on what he would be faster at between these okay. two things. We'll find out next on Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. Seems as if we have a resolution to the Richard Sherman, Baker Mayfield handshake gate from the other night, Monday Night Football. Okay. Baker has responded to Richard Sherman, apparently making an apology. I didn't think it was very much of one, but Baker had some uh, things to say about it. We'll uh, run down some audio for you, give you our take coming up 7 o'clock. Americans are getting faster at something, Fantone, and I'm not shocked by this at all. Okay. As a matter, I'm shocked by some of what this study said, but not the fact that we're getting quicker at this. This is all about our cell phones. The rate at which we're able to type on two thumb devices is now, they say, only about 20% behind your ability to type on like a, like a standard keyboard. So... It started out when you were texting, you're like, this is new, don't know what to do. You've been doing it so long now that you can kind of do it fat, much like when you first got to a keyboard. You're like, what is this? Why is it not in alphabetical order? What's going on? And like, now you know how to do it. And so it's about 20% slower. And what shocks me is, is that I think I'm a way faster typer on a two-thumb device than I would ever be with a keyboard anymore. Really? Yes. Yes, well, and here's, I can't wait, I was very interested to talk to you about this, because you are an extremely fast typer. You, you, with a keyboard in your hand, I have no idea about your cell phone, but with a keyboard in your hand, you are a very fast, I don't like how my keyboards are set up where I am, so I'm always like, oh, I gotta slide this, gotta move this, right. so I, it, it, it's, a, it's a difficult thing for me to do in here. I'm a decent typer, you are a fast typer, so do you, do you feel, are you still faster with a keyboard or your cell phone? Yeah, I would, I would definitely have to say I'm faster with a keyboard, but I, no I, way I, for I, me. I, I, I think that this is probably, as a kid, how did you get introduced to keyboards was my it a mom. type was it a typewriter or yes. was it okay my mom so my mom is my mom's one of the best typers i've ever seen in my life right like she was insane good at it and that was her job for a long long time and so we, typewriters were always in my house my dad used to type up his sermons on typewriters my dad was a decent so like it was one of those things like i kind of had I, I was kind of taught it yeah that's 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 definitely one of those things that if you grew up on a typewriter at the very least, people had to be better typists back then because For sure. because you were actually putting ink onto paper, so right. you had to be a little bit a little bit more cautious. And the reason the QWERTY keyboard, like the keyboard, exists the way that it does right now, 
is it was to slow people down. What was happening is is women were getting so good at typing, keyboard keys were like jamming up and they were just tearing through it. So they had to make it like the way that it is oh, now. I didn't know that. Yeah, to kind of slow people down. And we've just all grown so accustomed to it that like that's Did what we expect. That. That's what we want. I've seen like like they have like competitive typing. Like I've seen on like I don't know like ESPN the Ocho or whatever. Um, but they use these different keyboards with stick like, this boards. With like multiple S's and multiple T's, like the most common letters, they put them in multiple places so that you can type even faster. Jeez, I'd have to remember multiple e- points of S's. Yeah, there's like like so that wherever your hands are on the keyboard. Now, oh, I'd be lost in if that. you're one of those people. You're probably you know, oh, you know, I know. You're I, learning, you're training, you're doing right. all of those things. But yeah, like that's that's what that's what that was. Was that like they wanted women like your now, mom who were doing this professionally to slow down? So they put the letters in all sorts of like weird places. So, so you had to think about it. Mike, I wonder though, I God, I wonder like Jen's daughter, she's 15. She's oh. got to be a way faster typer on a phone than a keyboard, right? Cause she's, I mean, right? How many keyboards is she interacting with every day? Not that many, right? No, I mean, primarily your phone is your internet connectivity device. But the thing I'm going to say about that is when I, when I learned typing, like, I mean, was, even the tablets don't really come with, I mean, the surface, I guess, but like a lot of those, I mean, you got to buy like the, that foldable keyboard yeah, extra. Like, and, and that's not necessary for a vast majority yeah. of cases. You don't necessarily need it. But when I, when I learned how to type, it was on a computer. Now I had used typewriters and I kind of knew them and whatever, but like when it came down to it, I think it was like fourth, fifth and sixth grade. We had like computer literacy typing classes where yeah. it's like they rec- I had to take it in high school where they recognize like hey this is something you're going to need in the future here when does that become like a point of emphasis because that's how I learned how to type so fast is because for for however many years that was it was like you know every day every single day we were in there doing it and like I wonder when does that concept jump over to phones because let's be real it's the more important device now, right? Wow. I mean, here's what's crazy. We're, I mean, literally uh, two weeks ago, we were talking about, yeah, take the phones away from the kids in school, right? Like, ah, the parents can call the office and the office can right. find the kid and like, right? Because of the distraction issue. So, I, yes, I mean, but what, so I guess you, you try to balance like, what? Is the offset of that worth it? Now, when you think about it, the tablet is definitely going to be the slowest out of all of these. If I have a keyboard, my phone with two thumbs, or a tablet, tablets are clunky. Like, it's kind of hard to, like, they're too big. And I'm insanely too, like, fast typing with two thumbs. I, you put a keyboard in my hand, like, I know it, but, like, all right, I can type with better accuracy eyes off board on my phone than I can with a keyboard anymore. That, my mom, I, God, if my mom hears that, she's going to freak out. Yeah, but no, I'm I'm typing with my I'm typing with my fingers right now and not looking and I think I I know where it is. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. With, with a keyboard, I still have to like if I'm if I want to go really quick, like if I want and I I mean I used to take pride in this and actually, actually it's a skill that has totally slipped with me. But honestly, every morning cuz we post we both post things to, you know, the website right. wrqk.com, head there please every day. Every single and day. Uh, every single day just click on something. I don't care, you know, even if you don't want to, just click please do it. Just please do it. I'm sick of hearing my boss talk about click it. On all of it. I uh but 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 you are, you know, we have to write little things about it or whatever. You are a fast typer. It is something you are good at. Now, the, the funny thing about this is that, like, I'm sure these same arguments were made of, like, well, should, you know, what's more important, printing or scripture? Like, which one should we be focusing oh, on? And now those ideas the computer, are like, screw those things. Who cares about writing something? The computer had to be a witch, right? That when that first, like, thing, oh, my God, there's no paper. They're, the, the, the robots are going to take over. The computer had to be a witch, right? 100%. And, like, I 
know a lot of people, there still is the argument of like, well, should, you know, should handwriting, should, should cursive writing be still be in schools? Here's why I say no on that. Because if the world gets bombed, whatever, post-nuclear, you know right. what I mean? It, you know, Book of Eli or whatever. Like, okay. I, like, <laughs> all, all I mean, like, okay, if that's right. what, if that's what's going right. down, just, I don't, you're not going to need cursive. Right, you can still just write, and and like people would the understand will it. They'll understand it. Right, there's two versions of it. It's not that people don't know how to write anything. So like, I don't need. I know cursive. Well, we can do cursive. Can suck it. Well, but isn't there a little bit of like, yeah, you can read anything, but reading on your phone's not the same thing as reading. Like, I want people to have a deeper understanding of what they're doing when it comes to whatever they're studying. Like, that's what we're. That's why we go to schools so we can understand things more. I just don't know with the limited amount of time and resources that school have is it the best use like yeah it'd be great if we could all sit here and quote Shakespeare to each other but I gotta get these kids passing the SATs like I can't be sitting here like well dude this is how you write in cursive I'm no. trying to give you like job skills nobody's nobody's checking up on your resume of like well Shakespeare this is like half goat and half man <laughs> and having sex in parks and stuff I think it's time right. we could be done I mean it could be uh, you know we don't need it cursive writing and Shakespeare done with it see you later I, I'm telling you alright we're, we're headed into an election year okay, okay? alright I'm all telling right. you right now bring it back Stansbury Show uh, running <laughs> slogan is cursive can suck it. Absolutely. Cursive can totally suck it. Your shot, $1,000, next on Rock 106.9. Here we go, Brownies. Here we go. Whoa, whoa. Here we go, Brownies. Here we go. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show on Rock 106.9. Your shot, $1,000 momentarily. What is this, you ask? <laughs> This is Bear Kincaid is what it is. <laughs> You're just going in the way. $1,000, New Turn Tuesday. It's all coming. What the hell is this? That's Bear Kincaid is what it is, buddy. I have no idea. I found the Luke Bryan Here We Go Brownie song, and I got a new button, and if you don't think I'm pushing it all day, you're out your goddamn mind. Yeah, yeah, here we go, brownies. Woof, woof there. Dustin's barking right now, for sure. Why do you think I'm playing this? Everybody else out of the group, it's Dustin. I'm just kidding, but no. Yeah, I found a little uh, Here We Go Brownies chant there, uh, a little Luke Bryan version of that. It's not. It's Barrick and Cade. We'll get the video for that. I don't know. I don't know. I, I haven't done the research. I am not. I haven't been to the Barrick and Cade Wikipedia page yet, but I, uh, we will get that video posted for you at WRQK.com shortly, and I, uh, I play that. Because, uh, well, the Browns have been in the middle of a controversy over the last few days. And this time, not really all their fault. Uh, they played Monday night against the uh, San Francisco 49ers and, uh, well, got wall- uh, you know, got wall up there. And, uh, and that's okay. You're going to lose some games. And Richard Sherman, a uh, soon-to-be uh, Hall of Famer, had said that Baker Mayfield snubbed him before the game. Like, refused to shake hands. And, like, went as far as to call it, like, college, like, S, and, like, you know, you, like, you better respect the game and, like, that kind of thing. Yeah, it wasn't just that he made the accusation. He then added a bunch of, and this is what it means because he did that. He doesn't respect the game. He doesn't respect the, you know, the Like, the, the really tried to, like, bury Baker. Right. And, like, when that happened... I, I dude, I was pissed. I was like Baker Mayfield, blah blah blah, go f yourself. And right. Like I, I think everyone kind of was and, like, yep, that's it. Right. And that was two days ago. And then yesterday on the show, I had said, I go, I gotta, gotta tell you, I was like, the bad thing about all this is, is that when you heard the story, you weren't like, there's no way Baker didn't do that. Like the first thing I thought, like I, I, it hit me yesterday. I was like, oh god, like w- when it happened, I wasn't even like thinking, oh, there's no way he did it because that's, that's kind of who he is. He's kind of like a little bit of a punk like that. So it's like, oh okay, like he did it. 
Like, which is kind of crazy, but it turns out now, video came out, we've all seen it now a million times, they shook hands. Now, Richard Sherman's actually, if you ask me, kind of walking through the line, kind of they shake hands kind of quick, he keeps moving. Right. Right? Now, it seems like Baker went to go hug other guys, and like, yeah, like, well, maybe you know those dudes, and like, you know what I mean, versus knowing really, you know, Richard Sherman, like, some of these guys have played in college together before, or know other people, or hey, you're related to, you know, this guy on this team, and... Well, and I mean, I think even just, if you shake, you know, five guys' hands before every single game, not every single interaction's going to be the same. There's going to be some dudes you like, because of like, well, okay, we're here, we're closer to each other, we can spend a little bit more time. Other dudes, you're on the other end, so yeah, we just got to give a high five. It's not like there's like a protocol and a procedure of like it's not like it's not like NBA teams when they go out and they have the rehearsed handshakes. These are just like, hey, okay, good luck, good to see. You know, yeah, what I'm mean? pretty sure that's right. Like, yeah, these these aren't these aren't like scripted things here. So Baker responds here. We actually have some audio from TMZ. Uh, no, you know, I I know what I did, uh, but that's you know the one time the camera and something recording me has you know gone in my favor. <laughs> see, I like that. I like that. This is because, again, some, part of my knock on Baker has been don't always got to like keep it alive by saying the snarky thing, which I know sounds like such a weird thing for me to say because it's kind of like my system. But like, don't keep it. Don't just like pour cold, more, more cold water on stuff. Well, and that's that's fun. Charismatic Baker pouring a little water on it. I'm ready. Let's move forward. I People are kind of calling my professionalism into play here. I'm at least self-aware of what this situation is. Let me show you I have this card, my, well, club in my bag, and I, I kind of I like that answer. Um, The thing that I'm not necessarily, like, thrilled about it with is, is that, like... Did I miss something? What exactly do you think he's referencing there? Is he referencing grabbing the balls? Is he referencing planting the flag? Is he referencing running from the cops? What exactly is he wow, referencing? Wow, because we have so many. Well, and like not so much that we have so many because, dude, you're a young guy and like, what What am I going to say? Like, dude, I don't have my, my fair share of things that have happened in my life. No, I'm sure I have a comparable story to everything Baker Mayfield's done in his do life. Do two today, I'm guessing. <laughs> right, right. So it's not that, it's not that I have a problem with that. It's sure. just that kind of like, what are you implying with that and kind of like what when everyone laughed like what are we all laughing about like is is, well, is my is, guess is he's referencing running from the cops in college and being tackled right which super athletic by the way well, but i'm just it, kidding i mean is, it, that's he? my guess yeah i mean I, well i don't know i mean i don't know but my guess is cuz that's the infamous piece of video to me now i i think you can definitely raise your hand and be like baker are you talking about the game film not working for you is that what the film that you said well, not working for wow. you? cuz that's, that's the case you forgot one too there's the flopping out of the d coming to the sideline right. for freddie kitchens you forgot about that one right so like you know i think there has to be a little bit and like don't he's get, a little bit of a punk don't get me well that's part of the appeal of him and no I think for that's, sure that's a part of who he is yeah it is who he the is good comes the bad but like th- there was just a little bit when let's he, get some good though when he threw that out there when he kind of was like oh yeah hey, bro, you know, it worked for me i was just kind of like well bro you don't want to necessarily draw attention to all that bad stuff either you know what i mean like that you know that's not necessarily something that i want to all right i'm gonna to. put you on the spot i'm gonna put you on the spot you're in the press conference you're baker mayfield I'm going to ask you the question. Baker, Richard Sherman has apologized. You come back to it. Uh, you know, what are your thoughts on Richard Sherman? I mean, like, how do you diffuse it? I think you can say at the very least, hey, I'm glad that the truth came out. I'm glad that, you know, Richard Sherman feels that, you know, things are, are we're moving past it. And I plan on doing the exact same thing. We're not playing the 49ers this week. We are playing the Seattle Seahawks. And I am far more concerned about their defense than this situation. I love it. Something like that. I love I it. I mean, I, you know, I'm not trying to put words in the kid's mouth, but like. No, so, but this is what they do. 
This is like that. This is. But see, here's what's so troubling and not troubling. But here's what's going to be hard for Baker Mayfield is, okay. I went to like sports like anchors Twitter handles yesterday and I was like, what do people who don't follow the Brown don't like the what are they saying? And sure enough, man, and I know I harp on this a little too much for some of you, but you watch all these young NFL fans. They all love it. They all want, they're all saying the same thing. Like, I kept seeing this over and over. Imagine thinking you can tell Baker Mayfield what to say. And it's like, no, dude, imagine Baker Mayfield thinking he's going to upend the NFL. Like, you're looking at it wrong. You're looking at it wrong. Now, I said, Baker Mayfield may be the kid who ends up changing the way quarterbacks look, sound, and operate. Here's the problem. you got to look better than he does. His completion percentage in a completion percentage league has fallen off a cliff. Everybody on TV saying the word regressed. It's like, you got to win, dude. Like, it ain't smoke. It ain't swag when you're losing. It, it gets hard because... I, I, I want to separate these two conversations of like the, the issues he's having on the field, which yes. are undeniable, and this situation. And there's but they li- could be they can be connected. Right, but there's that's a hard thing to do because so frequently those things are running together. Now, I don't think Baker Mayfield's the first brash quarterback. Joe Namath is a thing. No, Jim McMahon showed up right. with a beer in his hand and right. all kind of stuff. Right, 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 right. So like it can't be like oh well this this guy he's just pff, what is he doing? No, but, but there is. But this era is different though. There well yeah I mean dude. Different, different. I mean, dude, back in the in. day, NFL strikes, those guys got in the beds of pickup trucks with shotguns and showed up at training camp with shotguns over, over like an NFL dispute. So, like, I'm, what I'm saying is the whole era is different yeah, now, things, though. Like, things certainly are. Things are, things are different. I just don't, I'm, I'm, I, I don't want to point to, or to, to Baker Mayfield and say, bro, your brashness, you're like, your what makes you you makes it you're incapable of being a quarterback because that's not true. Now, like I said, there's plenty of issues to point to on the field. And what I'll say about this is if I'm the Browns, I have to be a little bit grateful that this happened. I have to be a little bit excited that this happened. I have to be a little bit like, well, thank God. Cause nobody, Come together now. Well, cause, well, cause, well, yeah, number one, you've got a, a rally point. And number two, nobody, and I mean nobody, is talking about the piss-poor play. Everybody's talking about handshake game. Here's a fair, that's a fair point. Right? I, uh, well, that's a little bit of a fair point. Now, I think it benefits you. Now, maybe I'm crazy and putting too much stock in this. But now you got a kid. Now, Baker, we know Baker's better than what we saw Monday night. Right, I don't know if he's the guy everybody think, thinks that he was coming in uh, off of last year, but he's better than what we saw Monday night. And those guys in that locker room still totally believe in him, I believe. Right, So now they tried to hang him. They tried to lynch Baker Mayfield. They tried to digitally lynch Baker Mayfield. And now they can have the, they're coming after our guy. F you. Watch this now. And I think Seattle might be in a little bit of trouble. Vegas pretty much has this at a pick'em game. I don't know. I Honestly, I don't want to bet it because I'm like, if you bet against Russell Wilson, are you out of your goddamn right. mind? After what you've seen out of Baker this year, you're going to bet against Russell Wilson? Getting points, but, too. So, yeah, exactly right. Seems so, like, like I, I, yeah, I, I don't know there. I don't know what I want to do there. But I do think this could be one of those times where Odell and Jarvis are like, dude, we're going to go ball for Baker now. I, I will agree that, you know, there's definitely a rally point, and, and there's definitely the, the idea of Baker is better than what he was on Sunday. I believe I, that. I want to believe that. I do believe but it. But this is coming from Ben Axelrod at WKYC, uh, and he talks about two and three record might not seem so bad, but in reality it's getting worse than we actually want to admit. Um, Baker Mayfield dead last in completion percentage this year for quarterbacks who have thrown 100 plus. 
Plus, yeah. which is at 55.9, eighth amongst interceptions. The Browns are currently 29th when it comes to their offense, just ahead of the Redskins, Jets, and Dolphins. And let's think about that. Redskins just fired their coach. Jets, Sam Darnold, does he have mono? Does he have AIDS? Who knows? Playing Sunday. Who knows? It's not AIDS. But, 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 Jeez. and then you've got a team that's, that's deliberately trying to lose games. Yeah. You're, you're ahead of those three teams, dude. That ain't great. That ain't great, dude. And like I said, man, nobody's talking about this. Uh, well, nobody's uh, paying attention to this. The bus saw is only two me- two weeks longer. Now, here's the thing: it's if if you can keep the maybe you win Sunday, but maybe. if but I think you get maybe. I think you get absolutely maybe. murdered, murdered in Foxborough. I'm telling you, I think it's fifty six nothing in Foxborough, dude. I'm telling you for sure. I I've I've been saying it. Belichick's had this game circled for a year. It's the team that fired him. They've been telling all oh, Baker Mayfield's the king of the AFC and all this other stuff. I'm telling you, look for him to pull the same thing he did in the Super Bowl and make McVay look stupid. He's gonna make Freddie Kitchens look absolutely stupid. I'm to bet the mortgage on that game. But if you can keep them somewhat close, and I don't think you can, you could the, the schedule after that gets pretty easy. And if they can go, oh, look, man, we can hang with these teams, then you can get in and start murdering the teams you should beat, and then you can finish the season strong. I, I, I think that's a lot of... Ifs? Oh, well, I think that's a lot of preseason mentality there, where it's like, oh, the second half of the season, things get, you got all these crappy teams coming up. You're one of the crappy teams. Like, <laughs> no, you're the crappy team. I mean, right? Like, yeah. I mean, when it comes down you're- to it, to, to assume that you're going to beat any team at this point feels pretty presumptuous. Let me... S- I want to... could, but it does I mean, to just, oh, that's that's a win. Eh, we'll see. I want to expand on Ben Axelrod's point, if I could. Your division that preseason everybody had as one of the best divisions in football outside of the Cincinnati Bengals is in complete and utter ruins. It's a disaster. Pittsburgh's on their third-string quarterback. Baltimore, all right, I can't necessarily call Baltimore a disaster. But the Lamar thing, it looks like, okay, maybe not going to be what we thought the first two weeks of this season, right? Still looking to prove themselves. Exactly right. Yeah. And Baker Mayfield, the number one overall pick, isn't running away as like the God. He is far and away the best quarterback in this division. Isn't that a little scary? That's not a little scary. That when your division's in absolute ruins, you're not like, well, dude, we got Montana. Look at this go. He's a number, I'll remind you, he's a number one pick. That's how it should look. That's the only thing that has me concerned. All right, turns out there is more than one way. To have infidelity in your relationship. We'll find out all the different ways after we get your shot at $1,000 right now. It's not. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show. We're at 8 o'clock. Another opportunity at $1,000. Also, there's a bar that's coming up with a new system, a new way to sell alcohol in their establishment, and I think it's crazy. Okay. So we'll do that at 8 o'clock. I mean, I think it's nuts. Can't wait to talk about that. Money's actually what we're going to talk about right now. Cash money. You just got married, right? And uh, according to this article, infidelity can creep into your life and your relationship multiple avenues. Now, this is not okay. like you're going to have sex with somebody else, right? Because I don't believe that to- that sort of infidelity could could penetrate your marriage. I don't believe that could happen. Well, we're talking about penetrating I, uh, Come on now. I knew I shouldn't have Come done it. Come on now. I knew it. As soon as my brain thought it, I was penetrate. like, you can't say that to him. Can't say that to him. But I don't believe that. I believe you two are are, are committed to one another in yeah. that way, right? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely something that I've got my fingers crossed on, and at this point, I obviously believe in. But it's always going to be a decision and something that we both have to work at and kind of like, you know, it, it's not a given, I guess, is what I'm trying to get at there. But 
this could happen to you. This form of infidelity could happen to you, me, anybody. And okay. I'm willing to bet it's happening to a lot of people listening right now. And okay. maybe you just haven't been married long enough or with your partner long enough. Wife now. Financial infidelity. Ooh. And this is tricky because what's okay, what's not. Well, I mean, all our bills are paid, but like, well, what's the qualification of that versus what, you know, what I can spend my money on? And they have here a list of ways financial infidelity will hit your life. Okay. Pretending a new purchase is an old one is something that people will do in their relationship. I always say about lying, when you're doing it, you know you're doing something wrong. So if you're, oh, no, dude, I mean, it's gaslighting. Oh, no, dude, we've had this forever. What are you talking about? You've never seen this before? It's been in the house forever? Wow. You're nuts. You're crazy. Uh, saying you bought something on sale, but but in, in reality, you paid full price. I've done this in my relationship already. Okay. I don't know why I do this. Okay. Jennifer could care less. We're not at that point in our relationship where it's like our money's combined. Like we're not, we're nowhere near there yet. And that's okay. Like that's perfectly not, okay. Yeah, like that's For, not like no, a sign that's of normal. like, oh boy, that's a red flag. No, no this no, is normal. Yeah, you guys are right? still in that phase. That's okay. And to be truthfully or truthful, we both have a ballpark idea of what it is each other make, but we have not said here's the exact number of our salary. I know about what it is. She knows about where we are. But, like, the, the, the exact thing, no. We didn't really cross that bridge until we bought a house together. That was, sure. like, the significant, like... Like, after or the attempt, of like, hey, we're getting ready to do this. Into it. Uh, yeah, was sure. Kind of, that was kind of the, like, hey, we made this decision. Now we have to put these ducks in a row. But prior to that, I mean, when we were just, like, living together, it was very much, like... All right, hey, you throw in half for rent. I throw in half for rent. As long as the bills are all paid, I, you do what you want. Like, you're a grown woman. I don't know why I do this. She could care less how much money I spend. But I did it when I bought my golf clubs. Oh. I did it. Oh. I was like, yeah, well, I got a little bit of deal on this, and I got a little bit of deal on that. And no, I didn't. Part of what the problem is there is it's a recreational thing, so you feel like, uh, dude, I didn't have well, to spend that money. Here's the thing. I think I'm lying to me, not her. Okay. Well, that's because, usually the case, right? Remember, like, even before, like, I have a hard time spending money like that. I mean, even I'll gamble money, I'll do all this stuff, but when I splurge on me like that, I feel like, what am I doing? I don't deserve things. What am I doing? Even though I will do it, like, I will beat myself up over it. So I think I lie to her to make it sound better to me. Okay. Because I don't think it's about her at all. She wouldn't care at all. No, if the words are coming out of your mouth that like, oh yeah, this is how much they were. Yeah, you're kind of, you are kind of deceiving but, yourself there and giving yourself that like, no, they weren't that expensive. Remember, I said this. Here's what's crazy. I want to buy a new putter. I just bought a new putter last summer, yeah. right? And I want to buy. And now I don't like it. <laughs> so now, now I want another one. Welcome to golf, right? And it's going to be a lot of money. Like it's going to be a lot of money. And I'm going to do it because I don't care. I'm doing what I want, right? And so I'm going to do it. And then she's going to not care. Like I said, not care at all. But when I tell her. I'm going to tell her I paid $100 less than whatever I paid. Well, it might be maybe 200 depending on what I spent. But like it's it, like seriously, like I don't know why she won't care at all. Um I, she will tell me, "Go buy it if you want it." Like I said, I think there's a little bit of the recreation that counts into that. I think there's a little bit of like your weird relationship with golf that probably plays into that. And then I think there's also that I'm a psycho. I think there's a lot. <laughs> you hit a that lot button a lot. You it's hit that one a lot. lot. But I think there's also probably a little bit of 
you and her, while you guys are a couple, when you haven't necessarily like well, we don't your, live together, we right, don't, you know what I mean? you haven't ma- matched your financial goals together, it probably feels like oh she's got to go, she's got to go spend her money on her kids. I got to go spend my money on golf clubs. Of course, you're gonna feel like a little bit like like yeah, you're trying to figure yeah, out shoes and like right. you know what I mean. And I'm like yeah, I gotta go play again. Right, 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 right. That has to be a part of it. Okay, all right. A. Hiding purchases and receipts overall, I don't view that as something you would do. Do you have a secret stash of money anywhere? No. Do you have money she doesn't know about? No. Because they claim that's on this list here. No, I mean, she doesn't. I don't think she knows exactly how much is in my checking account right now. But, but that's like, not lying about what yeah, you have. Yeah, that's not, that's not like lying. I don't have any secret stash. If, if anything else, we've kind of like, you know, recently have decided like, hey, we need to start stashing money. So, no, I can't lie about something I don't have. <laughs> lying about uh, gambling money away. Is on this list, and I obviously I'm going to harp on this one for me. Here. Okay, let's, I, uh, let's crack the shell open. <laughs> I don't know if I've li- I I have never lied. I mean, she doesn't know every bet I've made, but I you know just because it, I don't think it's come up. Yeah, lying by omission's a weird thing. Where like it's, I just didn't tell her. I'm not, not always keep, the case. I'm, for me about like lying about gambling is this: Did you bet the Browns game on Monday night? No, honey, I didn't. That right. then I lied to her. Not telling her I bet money on the Browns game on Monday night is just not having the conversation, or, right? Or saying, hey, yeah, I put twenty bucks on it when you really put five hundred bucks on it. That's lying. Well, I can't tell her dollar amounts. Well, it- <laughs> she no. I mean, here's the thing, dude. Like she's got like you, you want to. She will not spend money on herself. Like will not do it. Like when she, her eyes will get massively big when she finds out like wh- the money I spend on like golf clubs and things like. Because she's like, I can, I would never spend that much money on myself. Like she's just not that person, right? So uh, there are, there is a little bit of. I think the dollar amounts of some of the money wagered on on, on games might freak her out. Well, probably. I mean, I mean, like, yeah, you're you're probably right there. But at this point, until that becomes like a hindrance on things. Not really. I don't think that's like red flag territory for you guys. There is a red flag, I think, f- potentially for your marriage Ooh. with financial infidelity Jeez. on this list. Jeez. And out of all the ones you could be guilty of, I think it's the best one to be guilty of. Okay. And I think both you and your wife will be guilty of it. Okay. And so that may be problematic. And I don't think you'll think this of you right away. Okay. But I know you. Okay. And I know what's going to happen the moment she has that kid. They say spending money on your kids in secret. Not telling them, yeah, well, we went to the store and yeah, we kind of got that. Yeah, we kind of got that. And don't tell mom. You are going to be that dad for sure. I mean, for sure. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely going to be, and and this is something where, you know, as as we've kind of started this new chapter of our life, I feel like we've very much been like, all right, well, here's the plan with this, and here's the plan with this, and we lay all these plans out, and then I'll say to her, yeah, but we're making all these plans because we don't have kids right now. Right. As soon as that happens, as soon as that is is the the, the case, things are going to take a fundamental shift. They have to. Yeah, I want to say, like, well, we'll budget things, and we'll have some sort of a plan in place. And no, why would I lie about that? But you're right. There is going to be a little bit of like, yeah, well, we're at Giant Eagle here. Take this. I, dude, just shut up. I don't want to hear you cry anymore. Like, just take this and don't tell your mom. Yeah, that's if there's an inevitability. In it's that. not. It, it'll all. It'll be that. But it'll also do like now, like when I walk through the stores, I just look. 
Because I know the stuff he likes, and I'm like, oh, dude, he'll love that, right? And like, so she'll come over sometimes, and there'll just be something sitting on the couch. And she's like, when'd you buy that? I'm like, I don't know. I was walking, oh. walking through the store. I don't know what you want, man. I, I, I like those kids, well, man. I like it, buying them stuff. You feels, know what I mean? It feels so justified. It feels so like, well, I'm doing it for the child, and that's a virtuous thing. And to make a kid smile. And it's okay to make right. a kid smile, right. But when those little decisions add up to, number one, resentment with you and your partner, and then number two, financial ruins because it's like you nickel and dime yourself to death. Is that smile that from the Paw Patrol thing really worth Well, it? here's the thing, dude. I was doing it so much, I had to just go, you know what? These are Christmas things now. And I put them away in the closet. I was like, right. I, I mean, for both of them, dude, I got so much stuff in there. I was like, all right, well, I guess we're done with Christmas because I just started going crazy. Presents are so your language of love, dude. As If not your primary, it is one of your like main ways that you express it. It's like, well, yeah, I got this for you. And here this is, dude, 100%. I don't know why. Christmas presents, dog. We're in the middle of the beginning of October. Well, Sandra's already got a closet full of Well, them. Dave Ramsey says that Christmas comes same time every year. It and does. if you claim Christmas makes you broke, it's because you're poor planning. I mean, there's... So I'm planning right. There, there's truth in that. There's truth in yeah, that. Yeah, but now I'm just broke in October, not January. <laughs> I don't think his system makes sense. Six, nine. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show. Pass out the uh, Great White Slaughter tickets here just a few minutes, 1-800-243-7625, the number you'll need on those. I, uh, all right, I, there's, there's this, you're going to be here pretty soon, Fantone. There's, there's a sad time of life. There's a turning of a page that will happen. Okay. And it's when you walk into like the Walmart and you're like, okay. just get me to the pharmacy section. <laughs> like when, when you're like, just get me to the old man. I need a sleeve for my knee section. Okay. Where's the blue emu? Like when you get there, it's like, oh, I'm never going to be a professional athlete. <laughs> oh, that, that's what it was. No, I know. No, I know. But, but you know now when you're in there, you'll never wake up another day of your life without something hurting ever again. And okay. it's sad. It sucks. It's like that's a reality that I did not like facing, right? So, all you hear about is CBD everywhere. Yeah, you do. Right? Now, I have a little, uh, I have a little elbow thing because of how much golf I play. And, you know, your knees will get sore. And, like, the ankles really will be one of the big ones that can get really, really sore when you play too much golf and feet and stuff like that, right? And so, I was like, well, I kind of want to kick the tires on this CBD stuff, right? I mean, the people claim it, 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 does, it works wonders, right? Yeah, so, I mean, potheads and potheads, uh, you know, and non-potheads have kind of came out and been like, yeah, this is the thing. I think there's at least a little well, bit of hype around it because it is a marijuana product. Yeah, but it, CBD has no THC in it, right? Right. No, no active ingredient that can make you high. I, I think that still the association with weed leaves question marks around it yes. and it leaves hype around it. Well, I feel like people are like, well, yeah, bro, the, the marijuana, it's good for me, bro. I feel like stoners have kind of embraced it for like... Yes, they have. You know, and... and that's okay, but like it does, it does leave me a little bit like skeptical of it. I guess. So I was listening to Carson Palmer on the Dan Patrick Show the other day. Okay, Carson Palmer a, uh, was a former you know NFL quarterback, and he's now with some company, and I even forget the name of it now. But they, like he was talking about it, yeah, yeah. and he was kind of talking about. It. He's like, yeah, man. He's like, I took all those hits. He's like, my body's sore. He's like, I still like playing golf on the weekend with my buddies, and I want to be able to do it. And I was like, oh, okay, all right, or whatever. So I reluctantly went to our Facebook page yesterday and posted. I said, I hope I don't end up regretting this. That's where you'll get the answer. I said, Put but it on Facebook. If if somebody, I'm interested in trying it. If somebody could recommend me one that that you're actually using, and of course. The first 50 are like, oh, I don't know anything about it, but I heard my sister's cousin say that, you know, it's not regulated. And it's like, I don't, well, I don't first of all, I don't need that. And now here's the thing. I don't think I'm ready for CBD. Why? 
Because, dude, I got this response like six times, and there, dude, I, you have to talk to somebody named a shaman. I, dude, <laughs> I'm out. I am out on shamans. I am out. No, I, I think what you're getting into there is probably deeper into the rabbit hole than you have to go. At this point, Giant Eagle is selling CBD oil. Like, I mean, like, it's commonplace. I think there's one of the video stores around here is selling CBD yeah, oil. Yeah, I'm worried they're selling people out of the well, back of that thing, too, and so I'm not going in there. But, but what I'm going to say is there's plenty of opportunities where you don't necessarily have to go on some mystic journey through the woods. I was like, if like I got to separate beads like, in the doorway well, and talk to a shaman, I'm out. And if you're going to talk to a shaman, just smoke weed. Just smoke well, friggin' see, weed. This is what kills me is because everybody says that, right? They're like, I thought marijuana was for pain. I'm like, I don't. What, I, what are you talking about? I got plenty of that. I, I don't. I never feel like smoking marijuana takes physical pain away from me. Oh, I kind of do. I feel like if nothing else, it kind of gets your head into a different place where maybe if it doesn't. I might not be. Thi- yeah, I'm just not thinking about how. Well, I guess I mean whatever. It, then right. it's working. At the end, of the, right. at the end of the day, if you're out of that pain, okay. I mean, sure. like now getting drunk, you could argue is the same thing. And damn, bail it. No. Nobody's really making the argument that that's medicine right there. But, like, I don't know, dude. There's there's more than enough people right now that are saying, like, hey, CBD benefits and blah, blah, blah. I've tried this. If you really feel like, dude, your elbow, your shoulder, whatever. I want to try it. Give it a shot. What's the worst thing that happens? I want to try it very much for the same reason I went to the Joker movie. Because it's all I'm hearing about. So right. it's like, all right, let me get my hands on this stuff so I can at least, you know, have a little, you know, personal experience with it and kind of, you know what I mean? Kind of get into it, talk about it because it's everywhere now. But like, I feel, in, I don't know anything about it. So it's not like I'm saying this is what this is, but it feels very much vape to me where it's like, who's doing what? Who's making what? Who yeah. really knows what they're doing? Was this whipped up in the back of your garage? Is like, I, you know what I mean? So the whole thing just has me like, uh, well, and now what I'll say about that though is that, like, for the most part, CBD- first of all, I want to endorse one. Can we find? Can we find <laughs> somebody true. who's like, hey, get Sansbury pitching this for but, us? But if you're talking about like an oil or a lotion or something, it's not like you're eating it. It's not like you're, you know, yeah, I just want to rub it. cream on my elbow, right? So even if worst case scenario, it's bunk science. We're you're just be rubbing some lotion on your elbow as opposed to like, you know, vape right. pens dying. Like, yeah, with you know my I mean? lungs collapsing yeah. in the back. All right, yeah. that's fair enough. Point. Great White Slaughter playing MGM Northfield Park. This is happening February the twenty second. Caller twenty. You're going one eight hundred two four three seven six two five on that. And a bar Fantone yeah. is doing a new promotion, and I think it's well insane. We'll tell people what that is next on Rock one zero six nine. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock one zero six nine. Your opportunity put a thousand dollars in your pocket. Just a few minutes from right now. And stick around for that. Make it rain, dog. Thousand dollars, bonus money. You don't even you don't even have a plan for that money yet, dude. You can one hundred percent just squander that cash. It won't even matter. Jeez. All right, I uh, I saw this, and I'm taken aback by it a little bit. All right. I have been a bar owner, and uh, actually, I think my family is. Uh, looking to be bar owners once again. My brother would very much like to find the right place here, either Canton slash Maslin, somewhere in the in, in the surrounding area right here, and open an honest-to-God local bar tavern called Sansbury's Tavern. He, that's what he wants to do. Cashing on that name right yeah, there. Yeah, that's what he wants to do. It's Makes a, sense. It's a, he's run bars. He's been managed, you know, corporate bars. It's it's kind of just that, that's what he does. This is what I do. That's what he does, right? And, 
he's been wanting to do it forever, and he feels like service is you know um, dying down. And he lives in Vegas. Fantone said it when he came back. He was like, "God, man, they live on service there because they, they know they have to, right?" And so that's his kind of thing. He he wants to do that, but I am a little hesitant. Because I've been saying for a while, I used to say this a whole lot when we first started the show together, that there's a war on good times. And that I feel like, you know, casually drinking too much is now seen as like, geez, look at that, a little problematic. And that the explosion of tap rooms and these kinds of things, the competition is like, it's, it, it's really crazy right now. Yeah. And that, that I think, honestly, it's more about food than it is selling alcohol these days. The, the terrain is more complicated than it's ever been because of, like you said, the competition and the, the amount of like people who are trying to get that. What do you mean you don't you? have a double chocolate porter IPA that you made yesterday in your bathtub? But then there's also just, you're right. The, the the inherent risk with any business, let alone a bar, let alone a, hey, something happens, now you're responsible for it, liquor license, selling to underage, blah, 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 blah. A lot blah. going on. A lot of spinning plates that you as a bar owner have to have to, have to to like look at right there. And bro, this is a part of your life, this is a chapter of your life, sometimes I forget about it. I know you'll mention it sometimes, and I'm like, oh yeah, you worked at a bar, but it's like, no, like you own that bar. That's, yeah. a, different, that's a different thing there. It's a completely different sure. thing. And uh, you learn real fast. Every bartender right now, Who's worked at a bar? Like, let's say there's bartenders listening to us before they go in later today, right? And they've worked at that bar five years. Every single one of those bartenders thinks they could take over that bar, run it better than the person who's running it right now, because you can spend somebody else's money easier than you can spend yours. When you're in there in the office and you're pulling your hair out, going, "Oh my God, how do I make sure that I pay her right? And how do I make sure I do this? And oh my God, dude, we're five percent down off of last month." And geez, I mean, people don't understand owning your own business. Ah, working for myself, no boss. I like my boss better than. And it's like, yeah, but you're going to hate your life more. Like, I, I mean, I hate to break it to yeah, you. Yeah, welcome to America. Yeah, welcome. Right? All right. I mean, like, yeah, nobody's happy. Check out the Sandsbury Show. They'll tell you there's no place to be happy. There's no system that leads <laughs> to happiness. You be miserable and take it. <laughs> but there's a bar in St. Louis that's getting ready to open. And I think that this new system is crazy. Now, okay. I don't think this is what they're going to do long term. This is just what they're doing to initially to get you to the hook to come in. Okay. Instead of charging you per glass, they're going to charge their customers $10 an hour to drink beer. Now, I think we're talking draft beer here, okay. and it's not like you can get any beer off the lot. You know, you know how this works. Okay. okay. Show up here, and it's like, oh, you didn't read the fine print, right? And so my guess is domestic lights here pulled off a tap handle, which that's all you'd want anyway. Well, and, and $10 an hour, I, I can't even believe you can do this anymore. I know in the world of like everyone's got a craft brewery in their backyard and everyone's got an alcohol that blah, blah, blah. But uh, when it comes down to it, domestic light, it'll get you drunk. It'll do its job. They're you know, amazing. Like people, people in 1993 were still getting hammered off of like beer and it was okay. It wasn't like you had to be like, well, what, you know, right. But even with that being said, 10 bucks an hour, that just sounds like way too low of a price point. Now, some people aren't going to be able to drink 10 bucks an hour, but a lot of people well, okay. are going to be able to drink a lot more than 10 bucks What's an a hour. Stand- I, I guess I What's a standard domestic light cost at a bar now? Three bucks a pint? If we're talking, yeah, I was going to say, if we're talking about normal bar, we're not talking about like a music venue or a sporting event or anything like that. I would say three dollars for a short, five dollars for a tall, right? Somewhere in that general. vicinity. I don't think you're far off. Those are probably sales prices, but like I think in that general vicinity of you could s- probably grab a two dollar domestic light somewhere sure. happy hour sure. this afternoon, right? So yeah. all right, so you are talking five beers an hour then, right? 
Yeah, yeah, but I mean, but like, people. Th- this is my brother's theory on this too. People who drink, they don't. It's not like they're like, "Hey, am I going to drink today?" It's like, no, dude. Every day after you get off work, you go drink because it's what you do. Then my brother's like, Dan. He's like, you keep forgetting. He's like, you're worried about all this stuff about people not coming. He's like, Dan, they're addicted to it. They're coming. They're going to come. You're looking at it from the short perspective where it sounds like, oh, five beers an hour. That sounds like a lot. But if it's two tall beers an hour, that's two beers. That's all of a sudden a very different conversation that we're in. Dude, I could have murdered a bar at $10 an hour. For two tall beers, you can't drink that in an hour? Now, any more, I think you'd be making money off me after hour three. But back in the day, I could have killed your bar at $10 an hour. Well, and I think this is a lot like a buffet, too, where people are going to go in with the mindset of, I'm trying to get my money out of this. Like, I'm going to eat the crap. That's why I'm surprised the liquor control board's going to let them do it. I'm going to eat the the more expensive things and Instead of loading up on mashed potatoes, I want the crab legs. So I think that people are going to come in, especially in the beginning of like, well, dude, if we're coming in here for two hours, we need to get our 20 bucks worth. Like, we need to kill these beers right here. And it's funny. This is kind of how how at the wedding, how, how at my wedding uh, this past weekend, how we kind of had to figure things out because what the venue talked about was like, hey, we can do alcohol one of two ways and we'll give you guys what the cheaper of the two options are and God bless them for that. Like, thank you guys very much that little Italian kitchen. But what they said is we keep a running tally of the drinks that you guys consume through the night. We decide, or we figure out what's cheaper, the running tally of drinks or hey, this is X amount per head and we'll give you whichever the break is there and i was like well that's really cool and the guy said to me he's like dude he's like it is so friggin rare that somebody exceeds the price per hour so if it's 30 bucks for per head of like unlimited drinks but he's really? like yeah but he's like dude he's like your wedding wasn't even close we crushed that bar tab like it wasn't at the end of the night he was like dude you outdrank us like no question about it no mistake about that you did you guys outdrank us now i'll take a little bit of credit there but i wasn't the only one but raise, I, I wasn't the only one raise your hand babe <laughs> raise your hand babe i uh, i'm surprised the liquor i mean this is st louis i don't know what their liquor laws there i mean welcome to beer you know what i mean that's the home of beer there but i uh, i i think I can't even, right? I mean, you're not allowed to do that kind of stuff. But no, they still can. You can do like bottomless mimosas at brunch still. Um, you can yeah. do stuff like that. And you can go to a, you can go to like a party at a restaurant where they I, have like 80 bucks and you get all you can drink. I'm surprised I'm seeing this and I'll tell you why. I expected bars, restaurants to go the other way because the angle now is if I leave your bar and I'm drunk and I get a DUI or I kill somebody, you're in trouble because you serve me the alcohol, even though I'm an adult and I know what I'm doing. For some reason, it's the bar's fault. For some reason, it's it, it's the proprietor of the restaurant's fault, which makes absolutely no sense to me. But if I know that and I know my bartender's on the hook, why am I offering you $10 for all you can drink? Why am I not going the other way going, I don't care, you're in my establishment, I'm only serving you X amount of drinks per hour. I'm, you're only getting two an hour out of me. I'm right. not doing it. Uh, right. I mean, like when you're, when you're in the world my of My business is on the hook because you're a booze hound. F all that. I'm not, I'm not doing it. I Buy think, a cheeseburger. I'll make my money that way. I think this goes back to the point that I've always made about bars and DUIs. and the th- if, 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 if the world we live in is where there is some responsibility, and don't get me wrong, you get a DUI, yeah, that bartender gets in trouble. It's not like you're absolved of the sin. You still are in trouble. Yes. But, but, but. They're if, just looking to make as much money. Is humanly, but they don't care about anything. It's like, oh, we can charge them too. If the bartender bar owner, you know, has consequences on the other end of it, the fact that a part of a liquor license doesn't include having a functioning breathalyzer 
blows my mind, dude. I just can't understand how we go on this system of like, well, do they look disheveled? Is, are they slurring their speech? Yeah, it's like, there's like 37 points of interest or something they have or something. But we've got a .08. That's science. That's like a number. That's like a, hey, that's a line in the sand as opposed to like, well, did my bartender think right? Who the hell knows? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, you got to wonder when bars and restaurants go that way, where it's like, sorry, we have to be the fun police now because apparently you can't handle it, and when you get yourself in trouble, we're in trouble too because, well, let's be honest, the government just wants to steal our money. Your shot at $1,000 coming right now. Six nine. Welcome back to the Sansbury Show. Put $1,000 in your pocket. Rock the bank on Rock 106.9 coming up at 9 o'clock. Get your next keyword. It continues until 9 p.m. this evening, by the way, so that means uh, Teresa and Fishhead also have opportunities for you. Make sure you check those guys out every day. Of course. All right, I uh, I got a couple of different stories that are similar. Right. So I figured let's just, you know, we'll combine these two things together. So I saw a, a school is outlawing parents from using their phone in the school pickup line. And that makes all the sense in the world to me as p- people's kids are walking back and forth in there and, you know, you're in your car and you're not thinking and, oh, my God, my foot's off the brake because I was texting, where's the milk? And then next thing you know, like, you know, we got a toddler out there with a cracked skull. That ain't good. No, that's not good for anyone. But is this a case of like, well, it's already illegal. What is what's the repercussions? Like, what is the school going to do here? Oh, right? that's interesting. I guess I didn't even see what the punishment was. I just saw, you know, that th- th- they had to do this. And I really made it more about not necessarily what they were going to do to you, but like the the sadness of, oh my God, we have to do this. Because this is what's interesting about the human being is that if you found out that I was using my phone in the school pickup line while your kid was coming out of school, you would want me hung up in town square. Hot, dude. Yeah, people are going to be pissed at you. And yet, you will then go do that same thing. This is very interesting about human beings to me. Yeah, but I'm better at it. It's very, I, know how, I know how to text and drive really? you idiots out there. You don't know okay. how to do anything. Here's the thing. I, once upon a time, on the radio, staunchly, for two years, made that very claim, legitimately, was like, I am better at this than you, (laughs) and that I think I can do this. But the reality is, no, I'm not, and no, I can't. And much like I said about gambling earlier this morning on the program, that I can't believe more people don't just get Nick bosa in the middle of a casino (laughs) because you won and the person next to you just lost, like, you know, their house. I can't believe, like, more up-end fights don't happen in there. Like, when you think about how dangerous it is to drive text and all the stuff that's distracted driving, there's another version of it here we're going to get into here in a second, which I'm totally guilty of, and so are all of you. That I can't believe, with as dangerous as this can be, that people don't... Like, I can't believe I don't have to come in here today, every day, and be like, hey, somebody died on 30 yesterday because of that. I can't believe that. Yeah, I mean... So are we good at it? <laughs> I mean, maybe we are good at it. Well, here's the thing, and I, I think you, if you're going to be intellectually honest to the conversation, um, do I think there's situations... I'd like to be. Do, do I think there's situations where it's better than others? Yeah, of course. I mean, like, you can make the well, argument sure. of like, well, dude, you know, I got free lane in front of me right now, and I can quickly do this, and I'm not typing out a whole message. I'm just going to quickly, you know, find a new song, because it's not always about typing. That's one of those things where people are like, well, dude, you know, texting and driving any sort of distracted driving is going to be bad for you. Sure. There's going to be situations where it's better than others, but at the end of the day, that doesn't make it good. That doesn't mean like, hey, that's a great idea of like, yeah, you should embrace that. I mean, like, 
yeah, like okay, well, if I have sex with some people with no condom, yeah, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna get AIDS. But like, that's not a good system to bet with. That's not a good like. Well, some people don't have AIDS out there, so I'm not wearing a condom. Jeez, yeah, I can, I could, make bad. It, I could make it through this text without an accident. But like, it's it's a it's a bad precedent to say. So, all right, I like most of you drive home the same way every day. Right? We're, we're creatures of habit. Right. So unless, oh, unless they can't in you and go, oh, by the way, this road's just closed now and you gotta go around, like, you take the same way home, right? And so what can happen there is routine makes you lazy. 100%. Because you're like, ah, all right, I kind of know this. There's never anybody here, there, there. Next thing you know, you're doing it. It's human nature. Like, and it happens all the time, not just in your driving. What you sure. already saw is what you're going to be like, yeah, this is, I already know this. I'm That's, done. This is, I, I know this. It's familiar to me, what right? was will be. And so there are times where I feel like, oh, God, I can text a little bit more through here, through here. And I know that's not true. And the one day, this is a long time ago now, but the one day there I was, and I was going down 6th Street. Headed, uh, you know, up from Duber. I made the left on six from Duber there, right? Right. And I'm heading down, and you go down the the curve there, and then you start getting into it. You know, there's businesses, and then there starts to be a few homes there. Okay. And then the one day, I was going down there, and if the truth be told, I was doing about five miles too fast, right? Probably ten. All right. Do you want to confess anything else? What and else? a kid Ooh. was just a little too far out in front of his house, Ooh. actually in the street. And I thought to myself, if I had my phone in my hand. That kid's probably dead, and I'm probably doing 20 years in jail because I wanted to tell somebody I missed them. Like, this is a little crazy. Like, when you think about, we, we don't think about, it, like, you think about car accidents. You're gambling your life. You're gambling your freedom. It's cognitive dissonance, though, man. This is 100% why. Explain to people what that is. It's the way you lie to yourself when you know something's wrong. So, like, if we're going to say smoking, where it's like, every smoker knows. I don't, I, I'm not getting cancer today, so fine. Right. Every okay. smoker knows I'm a smoker and cigarette smoking is bad. Cognitive dissonance comes into play when you start essentially a bargaining with yourself, lying to yourself, however you kind of want to, however you want to justify it. So your justification might be that like, yeah, cigarette smoking is bad, but my grandma lived to be 100 and she smoked cigarettes every day, therefore I'll do that. Or cigarettes... I used to do that because my grandma lived forever. Genesee cream ale and and cigarette, Paul Malls. Right, and you'll find find that one case and latch onto that son of a bitch and say, this is my grandma. My grandma did it. She made it. Doesn't matter how many other grandmas... We all do that, Doesn't matter how many other grandmas are laying there in the house or in the hospital with lung cancer emphysema dying, whatever right. you've got that one example so my story will be my story that's the one that you're gonna that you're gonna cl- latch on to it's the exact same thing with texting and driving everyone knows it's bad being distracted driving not just texting everyone knows it's bad but we'll lie to ourselves i'm better at it or this is a good opportunity for me to do it or you know what i mean like or it's not going to take that long how, how how much can happen in the six seconds it takes me to do this is it, it okay to text at a stoplight yes in the sense of you're not going to cause an accident but the thing that irritates me is, is it when the light turns green i've done it a million times i'm sitting there having around on my uh, phone and it's like uh, oh, uh, i know i know I feel so dumb you feel so dumb you do you feel so, like an idiot i mean your car stopped so i'm sure i'm sure like from some perspective yes it's okay but legally i'm sure it's not inconvenience like oriented it is certainly not so people are coming back into the crosshairs now of another thing we all do behind the wheel of the car which is eating and how dangerous and unsafe that really is. Okay. And it is. It totally is. But yet it's part of the process. I'll prove to you what I'm talking about. I don't eat a ton of fast food anymore, but when I do, I'm such a fat kid in my head, I have plans. 
Like, I know what I want to watch when I get home with my tacos, but I want to make sure I have something to eat on the way home. Right? Because, let's be honest, I'm just out here slaying life, and I need, <laughs> I need, as, many, I need as many rewards as I could get my fat fingers on. When you originally proposed this idea, this was a while ago, that's when I knew that you and I had a fundamentally different relationship with food. When you started talking about, like, dude, I order things so I can eat them on the way home. On the way home. But I order enough so that I still have food when I, w- I get home. Okay, yeah, here's the thing. Okay, mind, like, this is why sometimes I, I may want the border. Right. But fries are such a good car thing for the way home that I'll go somewhere else and be like, oh, I kind of need the fries for the way home, though. And then like, I'll do that. Now, they got the cheese roll-ups at Taco Bell. My, 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 my girlfriend's got me like turned, in, turned on to those, and that's how they, the on the way home, eat thing there. But yeah, like that's how that works for me. Like The amount of times I've dropped something in my car, eating it, and swerved or whatever and like, oh my God, tomato out of the whopper. <laughs> and like, <laughs> you know, cause tomatoes on burgers, they do. It makes everything slide around a little sloppy there. I like them, but like they makes everything slide around on the top on there and it makes it tough to eat in the car. Now, I remember when you first got your new automobile and you made a very strict, nobody's eating in here, nothing's happening. That's well out the window, right? I mean, like at this uh, point, I, to say well out, implies that we're just willy-nilly eating in there. Right. No, but we're in Jen's car more often than mine because she's got the car seat in the back for the kids. So when we're eating in the car, it's mostly her car. Well, and I'm sure once you cross that bridge into childhood and there's Oh, I don't care. That kid can do whatever he wants Well, and there's already Cheerios everywhere and there's already fries in the seat and there's already chicken nuggets going everywhere. He spilled milk in it. I'm sure there is a little bit as like... As a parent, as a caretaker, whatever, there is a little bit of like, God damn, my car's already ruined. What difference does it make if I'm smashing out a taco here? If I'm eating a burger, if the kid's back here throwing, you know, throwing, throwing his happy meal all over the place, then yeah, I might as well just like get, you know, get a Big Mac and like, of course that's, that's distra- any, like I said, anything, whether it's texting, uh, changing the song or, or, or eating, Dude, all, driving's bad. All the senses are involved in food. Right, you're it, smelling it, you're tasting it, and like, here's the thing: when you're really enjoying something, you don't realize it. You close your eyes. It's so intoxicating, dude. Food is so intoxicating. Keep talking it's about so it to me. Like, Keep talking about dude, it to me. My pants are getting tight. But, no belt needed. But we all know that, dude. We all know that, especially if you're in a hungry situation where it's like that first bite. Even if the food's not that great, all of a sudden, dude, just that a bling goes off oh, in your mind, and nothing else so matters. Good. So, I'm glad that somebody's putting this out there because I think that this is one of those socially acceptable things to do i mean uh, you'll look at somebody like they're the town psychopath when you drive by them and they've been driving bad if they got the phone in their hand but right. if they got a big mac you're like hey, ah, all right you know yeah, right. now i believe it is dangerous but you know with any like hey be careful don't do this story there's always like the clutch the pearl right. so they give you some of that here chocolate candy bars you want to be careful because they can quickly melt and turn into a mess fast okay. they say fast they say here now there is another version of distracted driving that I'm not sure if Anton and I are guilty of while we're driving, but we're okay. definitely guilty in helping you be distracted while driving. At least we hope. We'll tell you what that is next on Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show. Make somebody $1,000 richer coming up at 9 o'clock. You'll rock the bank on Rock 106.9. Put $1,000 in your pocket. I would take it. I, I would, too. It. Sounds all right. You always say when you pass out money, if there's a comment, it's good. Yeah, that right. means something, dude. It does. That does, dude. All right. I put $1,000 in your hand. What are you doing today? 
thousand double cheeseburgers? No, I don't know. <laughs> what am I doing? No, I know exactly what I'm doing, dude. I'm paying down debt with it. 100%. That's what I'm doing with it. Hmm. Boy, just got married, man. Things are expensive. Yeah, I'm sure. What was the biggest expense you weren't thinking about? Um, I don't know if I like I wasn't thinking about it, but like the way that the reception and like the food and alcohol quickly added up, I'm that sure, was yeah. the thing where I was like, well, dude, if you give me this much money, I could throw a party for these people. But it's like, yeah, bro, your party would be like four kegs and like pizzas. Like that's not what we're yeah. doing here. So like, I think five hour hot and ready's. I think that was. I think that was the number that kind of like, oh damn, look how quick and like this is like she, this is why she was like, yeah, this is why we didn't invite him. This is why we didn't invite her. This is why we didn't invite this person because you start doing that and all of a sudden, dude, just the numbers start multiplying. So yeah, I would imagine it, yeah. it, it was that. So yeah, man, if you got a thousand dollars, give it to your boy. I'm just trying to just trying to pay Wells Fargo. Oh, there you go. There you go. Uh, we were talking about distracted driving. Obviously, the cell phone's the one everybody thinks about. But this, this study came out that said uh, driving behind the wheel, or I'm sorry, eating behind the wheel of the car is uh, dangerous. Not quite as dangerous, they said, they claim, as um, uh, texting and driving. And that shouldn't be all that shocking because we've had food behind the wheel of the car forever. And we weren't like, oh, my God, we got to stop doing this, right? Like, it was when the phones came out. is when it was like, no, this is a problem. And I do think it's easier to eat without looking at it as opposed to text without yes. looking at it. Yeah. You need to look at your phone. In yeah. some capacity, you do. You can reach like- into the bag, grab two fries, stuff them in your mouth. You, yeah, yeah, you could be fine like that, right? Now, there's another form of distraction to driving and we're guilty of it and 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 it's not doing it it's providing it music in the car and even conversation in the car how many times have you said now i know people are being a little dramatic and using hyperbole when they say this but like dude i shouldn't have been driving when you guys were talking about this this morning i laughed so hard i almost crashed the car now i know people are just trying to be nice when they say that and there's no real threat of that but i noticed why well i don't know maybe. maybe but yesterday all right there i was i was playing a little golf out out in orville right and i i was on hole number 10 and I hit my ball down the right-hand side, and I'm off the fairway, I'm in the rough. And I had my Bluetooth speaker with me because nobody was on the golf course yesterday, so I was like, I had music like cranked up, I mean loud, because nobody was on, the, I was the only one playing the back nine. Had to be nice, right? Oh, it's the best. Did you play well because you were by yourself? Uh, the holes I played well, I played well. The holes okay. I did not, it was like, wow, we okay. need to give this game up right now. Okay. Um, and so, I, uh, but I, I was driving down, and I was looking for a ball. And you'll do this in the car. When you're looking for something, you'll turn the volume down. What the hell is that? I was looking for a ball, and I was like, oh, my God, I can't find it. Let me turn the blue. I was in a golf cart. I'm not even – there's no crashing. There's no, like – you know what I mean? I could have literally just done circles out there until I found it. And for some reason, I'm like, nope, if I turn this down, I'll find it better. And sure enough, I turned it down, and I found it. What the hell is that? There, There is something about – I mean, yes, audio, any way that something's, like, taking – your attention away, whether it's music, podcast, whatever, whatever you got via iHeartRadio, um, of course that's going to give you a little bit of like it's stimulation in another fashion so you can't focus as intently. Now, do I think that's a little bit habit too of like, well, yeah, you turn it down because that's just what we Yeah, but why done. did the habit start? It's because it's because there's a correlation. At least on some level, it feels like, hey, I'm able to focus better in this moment, which, I, I mean, it does. That makes sense in like if if you're going to if if your if your main goal here is like well dude i just want to be as safe as humanly possible and the argument is as well turning off your radio or turning off your iheart or turning off whatever while you're driving i i understand how how that logic comes to be i'll tell you one of the ones that used to distract me all the time while driving and it was one of my favorite things to do while driving was smoking cigarettes yeah 
You lose that lighter in there. We've all, you've all done it. Oh my God, it's on the floorboard of the passenger seat for some reason. Ah, I fell out of here. Ah, just take my eyes off the rope for 30 seconds looking for my bick. And I mean, right? I mean, I used to do that all the time. I remember one time I flicked a cigarette butt out my window and I was wearing a hoodie and somehow or another it flew back in. Oh my God, got, the plane strings and automobiles? It got into my hoodie and I could like. To your John Candy. I could smell something after a minute. I could kind of like, all right, something's happening. What, what is that? And then all of a sudden I felt a burning on my neck Jeez. and now I'm behind the wheel driving and like pulled over and like you know stomped it out or whatever but like yeah like that very like very easily could happen to people. I'll tell you the big one oral sex while driving. That one that's pretty distracting. Hard to keep your eyes on the road on that one I don't suggest it. Like anything else dude I, I mean, enjoy it but uh, it's not it's probably smart a, a distraction when you're behind the wheel probably not good. isn't that best. Misbehaving kids stuff like that like looking for directions trying to follow your GPS stuff like that like, yeah wh- it, it makes sense. You ever see these people who will like just like drive around and they're like singing the song with their kid in the back of the seat and they're like kind of like just and they're doing it like, like they're full of, like people who chair dance behind the wheel of a car you see this all the time it's, I don't want to be like especially here but like you see this all the time where it's like people are like full blown dancing while driving the car that can't be good it's the 981 WKDD Friday morning dance party there crank it, it up there drive it, it on there it is no better out than promoting the other radio station down the hall <laughs> see look at us look at us iHeartMedia we know exactly what to do oh I know I should probably tell them this too they're shot to win a thousand dollars next right do we get to work here again tomorrow no Welcome back to the Sansbury Show. Your opportunity at $1,000 headed your way momentarily. Your next keyword. We'll give it to you here soon. You missed the uh, Alter Ego Fest. We'll run down uh, that lineup one more time for you before we get out of here, too. It sounded pretty good. Richard wrote in and was like, Stansbury, you got to tell me, what, what was the name of that Brown song you guys were playing earlier oh, this morning? It's a, This is Here We Go Brownies by Bear Kincaid is the artist. Here we go, Brownies. And there you go. We found like the Luke Bryan version of Here We Go Brownies. I actually haven't listened to this all the way through. I haven't either. I feel, like I'm, I feel like I'm ready to give my vote. Let's meet down there. By the river, maybe. They're bringing the pain. Bring pain. Get pain going. I don't know anything about Bear Kincaid. I just stumbled across this this morning. I'll be honest. Here's how this happened. Okay? We were, uh, we were talking about Baker Mayfield earlier this morning. And, uh, you know, the Richard Sherman thing. And I was like, all right, I was looking for the just the here we go brownies chant. And I was just going to load it in and have it and we could play it in the background, you know, right. a little audio, you know, you know, to go along with what we're talking about. And I just stumbled across Bear Kincaid and I found gold. I think I don't I, I think I'm ready to take over Bear Kincaid's uh, career. I, I'm ready to be the manager. Well, dude, Bear Kincaid, uh, he's got his songs. He's got his albums. First album, hell of a thing. Second album, Bronco. First single off the second album. Is it Here We Go Brownies? No, no, oh. no, no, no. Uh, Bear Kincaid, Honky Tonk Uber Driver is the uh, was the first single off of the new Stop album, it. Bronco. Honky Tonk Uber Driver. Is there a link to the song? Um, I bet you if I do a little bit deeper of a dive, All we right, can we'll find something. Do here. that, and we're not going to do it today, but let's get Bear Kincaid on Tuesday for New Tour Tuesday. New yeah. Tuesday. Let's get Bear Kincaid cranked up for New Tour Tuesday. Here we go, 
I gotta tell you, that part's not unpleasant. It's not good. I disagree. I think it is good. I think American Cade is the like country equivalent of an Instagram model where it's like, yeah, dude, I wrote this song and it's on the it's on YouTube. It's gotta be a song, right? I'm a songwriter now, right? You are a songwriter, Bear. I don't know, man. I think if I'm in the Muni lot and this guy's playing this on the bed of a truck, I think I'm probably drinking beer going, Yeah, man, here we go. Is playing that you're not drinking beer too, saying, all right, here we go. What song is going to be like, no, this is it. I'm not done. I'm done. I'm leaving. Black and yellow, black and yellow, <laughs> black and yellow. Okay. Bear Kincaid, man. I like him. I think I want to be the Bear Kincaid manager. I would like to take over the career. All right, Bear. I think I can get Bronco to the heights. Big not Bear. I think I can get Bronco reached, uh, reaching heights previously uh, unattainable to Bear Kincaid. I, I think I could do it. Uh, Bear Kincaid, he's a Northeast Ohio native. I was well, obviously. Say, I was going to say, well, I mean, like, maybe he's, uh, you know, just trying to cash in on the on the optimism right no, there. No, this song's old. I mean, it, this oh, goes, it? yeah, I think this song's like 2010. Oh, wow. Yeah, I think it, I, I think it goes back a little bit. We uh, we made the song available for you at the show's Facebook page. Just uh, search uh, The Sandsbury Show on Facebook. You can find it right there. Yeah, yeah. All right, so Handshake Gate, I guess, is now officially over. Richard Sherman oh offered God. up a half-ass apology, if, I, if I'm being honest, about lying about Baker Mayfield. Buried the kid, really. Said, you know, disrespectful of the game, all that. I'll paraphrase here a little bit. You know, and, uh, you know, he disrespected us and it fired us up. And, you know, that's some college S and the game's going to humble you. And, like, all kind of, like, wild. I mean, he buried Baker. He really did. Buried him. Didn't just make an accusation. Didn't misremember something. Went a step and above or a step beyond and above in the sense of said he doesn't respect the game. And, like, dude, I would assume in that. That's, dude, that's like calling somebody, let's say, you know, a pedophile plagiarism. I want you to accuse somebody of something like that. It's stuck. Especially in that brotherhood. I would, I would have assumed. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I would would have assumed there would have been a little bit more like, no, dude, you made it to this level, just dude, like I made it to this the level. The media I'm guys not, do this not, to us. Right. Let's not do this to one another. Right. The media right. guys are always looking to, to make us fight and make us all do this stuff. It's us versus them. Yeah, no, that, that, that's a good point. So Baker responded. They asked him about it. You know, here's, here's what Baker had to say about it himself here. Uh, no, you know, I, I know what I did, uh, but that's, you know, the one time the camera and something recording me has, you know, gone in my favor. <laughs> now you and I had a little bit of a different take on this earlier this morning because I really like that because part of my problem with Baker is is that sometimes I think he keeps these negative stories alive by feeding it and giving them another quote and going man the media likes to twist your words it's like no Baker you keep giving them things to say and so this one I like because he threw a little cold water on it but Fantone came over top of my uh, my opinion earlier this morning and said well, you don't like this because of how many which one of the things on video are we talking about was your point right well uh, yeah and I, I think making light of any of those things probably isn't the best idea like Baker if, if, if the point here is that like yeah man I've done some other stupid things I, I I just wouldn't want to draw attention to it. I'm not saying like, well, dude, you ran from the cops and that makes you incapable of being a quarterback. Not at all. It's just that like, to me, a little bit of, a little bit of understanding the situation. And I think, you know, like anything else, you're, you're capable of making mistakes, but like under sure. understanding the situation that you're in, like I would just, I would have just, instead of trying to go for that laugh right there, I think I would have just been like, Hey, we're really trying to move forward from this instead of pointing the light at what I've done wrong in the past. I think both can work. I like yours, and I would like to see Baker rotate and towards being that guy. But again, I, I talked about this this morning. There are people, this is what's tough now, is because he's young, right? And so if, if you're him, are you looking to keep the 60-year-old football fan that's going to die in 10 years? 
Or are you looking to keep the 23-year-old who loves the way Baker is? Because again, man, all across the country, a lot of the responses are, imagine trying to tell Baker to be thing. He's not a cookie cutter this. You ain't ready for the smoke. You don't want this. And it's like, dude, these 19 to 24-year-olds love this cocky unprofessionalism. That's what it is, by the way. It's not real. It's unprofessional is what it is. And when you're young, unprofessional seems like authentic, man. What what, what is it that you're specifically saying he's doing unprofessional? Is it this situation or you're just saying I think the greater a lot, Baker I think there's picture. a lot of times. I think the Duke Johnson stuff. I think the, you know, the... Um, the, okay, well, I'll tell you an answer I didn't like was the Nick Bosa thing after, you know, Bosa did the, the, the waving of the flag after sacking him and all that stuff. And Baker was like, good for him. Obviously, it's been two years and obviously he's still top of his mind. Like, ha ha, nod, nod, wink, wink. I'm still in Nick Bosa's head after he destroyed you all night long. Yeah. It's like, that's crazy. That's stupid. That's unprofessional. <laughs> I don't need it, Baker. Shut up. I've always thought it's a really dumb argument when people are like, live rent free in your head in any, any context, any circumstance of like, well, the president lives rent-free in your head. Oh, Baker Mayfield living rent-free in your head. The Browns living rent-free in your head. Why don't you like that? I don't know. I've just always felt like that's like a dumb. It's like, well, yeah, I can think. Easy of, button. Right. Argument yeah, over. Can, Easy I, button. I, I, I can think something's okay. annoying, stupid, whatever, and it doesn't mean that I, like I'm obsessed with consumed you, which, all day. Right. It just means really what that, you're like, saying I, is is I hope I'm living rent-free in your head all day versus these two minutes. Right. No, I'm, I'm expressing. Okay. I'm expressing that you're an idiot. That doesn't mean that like it's oh, very possible that that Nick Bosa just did it. I don't know. I haven't heard him talk about it, so I don't know. And who, who, who isn't carrying that for two years? Who is, of course you're going to, well, just like you're being asked about it this, two years later, Baker. Like, well, of course. Right, and this is what I found so interesting. Is because preseason, everybody was telling me all this stuff this guy does is, it's ridiculous to think professionals need outside motivators to get them ready to go on Sunday. But, uh, but obviously they do use it. So all this preseason, it doesn't matter what Baker says, does, how he acts, bring all the smoke, all the stuff. It's no problem. It is a goddamn problem. He painted a huge target right on the center of his chest. I told you all preseason teams cannot wait to come in here and embarrass you and show you how not good you are. And everybody called me a heretic. Oh, you got tinfoil on your hat, Sansbury. You're just a hater. And it turns out here we are. Week five, I'm right. I think big picture, though, I think this stuff is all exactly what's supposed to be happening. I think you couldn't write a better script if you asked them to. You came out, you felt like you had all this, like, hey, potential, blah, 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 blah. Now you get punched in the mouth enough times, and now all of a sudden, and I know it's like, well, next year, next year, next year, now you're building your character. Now you're now you're building that toughness. Now you're doing all of that. I, I, I take your point, and I agree with your point, but I genuinely think that big picture, it's stuff like this that's going to pay off well, in the long haul I think the, the Sherman thing can help because I think now what happens in that locker room is look what they tried to do to our quarterback. They tried to digitally lynch our quarterback out there and they tried to bury him and they tried to, they, they, in the court of public opinion, they tried to bury our quarterback. And I think Baker's that guy, chip on the shoulder for sure. So is Brady. I like the chip on the shoulder thing. Brady just won't say it out loud into a microphone because he's smarter than Baker Mayfield. But at the end of the day, like I like the chip on the shoulder thing. And I think now in that locker room, guys like Odell, Nick Chubb and, you know, uh, Baker, uh, Jarvis rather and everybody, Miles, even the defense is like, dude, they tried to lynch our quarterback digitally. We're going to go out there, and I think Seattle might find themselves in a little bit of trouble maybe because of that unification. Now, I'm not saying they win for sure, but I like their chances because I think this is who this team is. And I've said all year, when they win, they're going to win big, and when they lose, they're going to lose big because they're not quite a good team yet. They're just good on page nine. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show. Teresa's got your next opportunity at a thousand bucks. She's got multiple opportunities for you every single hour on Rock 1069. We do it starting at six o'clock in the morning all the way until 9 p.m. Teresa 1010 gives your next keyword. 
puts a thousand dollars in your pocket. You want to grab that Browns uh, song from uh, Bear Kincade? You can do so at our show's Facebook page. You can grab it right there. I saw this, and I'm interested to to know how much money this will fetch. Okay, the sweater that Kurt Cobain had on for the taping of MTV's Unplugged is going up for auction. And I just got to wonder, like, what's that get? Does that get a million dollars? Oh, I don't think so. See, a here's the million. Okay, no, I know it sounds like a lot. It is a lot. It is a lot. I don't disagree. But sometimes, because I'm so poor, that I forget there are people, and I've been, here's the thing, not only do I not make enough money, but I've mismanaged my money for a long, long time in my life and, and put myself in a hole, right? Okay. So other people didn't. Like a lot of people my age who worked started working when I started working saved their money. And a lot of people make a lot more money than we do, right? And so sometimes even in Canton, I'll be like, God, no, everybody's broke. And then I'll go into somebody's house. I'm like, oh, you're not broke at all. Look at the money you have, right? And so like there's, this is, I mean, as far as like memorabilia goes, like music, pretty big, right? Yeah, yeah. And I mean, how big was this record? Big. And, and certainly Nirvana's influence and kind of, you know, what they've been to a lot of people is undeniable. Like, I mean, if not if not the most important band of that era on the very, very short list of it. So oh, yeah, I think so, yeah. Obviously, I mean, people are going to are going to respond, and there are people with more money. But a million friggin' dollars, dude, that's a lot of money. I, in my mind... This was two hundred thousand. In my mind, this is this is a big deal, but not a million friggin' dollars. So at the event, two items tied uh, to the Nirvana legacy from Kurt Cobain will be there, including the custom-built left-handed Fender Mustang guitar during uh, the In Utero tour that he would play, and the vintage olive green cardigan worn at the uh, MTV Unplugged. I I don't disagree it's a lot of money and it's a waste of money but fandom yes I mean fandom goes crazy can can you see if there's can you see if there's been an eBay Kurt Cobain signed guitar I don't I don't want to list price I want to see something that's sold cuz that'll give us a better you can list something as like 10,000 bucks but that doesn't mean somebody's right, going to buy right, it right, 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 I right. want to see what is Nirvana stuff worth all, what are people actually paying All the time you've got people who are like hey I've got these VHSs of Disney movies at right. $10,000 well, sometimes we'll, crap. we'll talk about this kind of stuff and people will send me eBay links look they're charging $10,000 it's like no they listed it at nobody's paying it though oh. so like I'd be interested to find out what they can fetch Okay this is coming from just Collecting.com. Which okay. I don't know if that's any uh, more right, reputable but th- th- than. They're in the collecting world. They're, they're right. They've got something kind of going on there. Okay. And, uh, um, to the man who sold the world is great. This, oh, 100% great song. Yeah. So, um, in this whole, dude, the, the Nirvana Unplugged. I it might be my people, favorite record. I think a lot of people forget that the Unplugged series was really, so really good, dude. Good. The Kiss one was good. Really this one good. was good. A there were a bunch of them, of them were good. Uh, yeah. Mi- the Jay Z one was great. A million of them were really, really good. And this arguably. REMs is, was good. Yeah. This is arguably the biggest. Alice in Chains, that album was great. But so, according to justcollecting.com, and this is coming from. Uh, uh, a Julian's auction, which happened in Los Angeles in 2011. 
Um, their Heart Shaped Box MTV Award sold for $40,000. Oh, okay. All right. You're Kurt's, right here. Kurt's stage used broken Univox guitar sold for $56,000. Okay. All right. I'm way off here. Okay. Yeah. I'm way, I'm way, way off here. And I mean, like, dude, that's still a friggin' ton of money. He wrote a, a letter to David Geffen. Sold for twenty eight thousand. So, like, I think in that general vicinity, that's where you're going to be. But okay, like, let me ask you something: Is this because enough time has passed and people are kind of cracking the code that they were hot in the moment? That not necessarily going to be that they're not necessarily as big as we thought they were in the moment. I don't know because one of the good things about when your when your career gets cut short because somebody dies, whether it's valuable it's, normally. Well, whether it's Kurt Cobain or Tupac or whoever, what's good about that is we didn't get the last ten years of diarrhea. You know what I mean? We didn't. We didn't. We've never, we don't have the Pearl Jam records that suck. We've never had to say, "Well, it's 2019 Nirvana. How good could we expect it to be?" Yeah. And it's half a turd. We've Fair never point. had to do that. So when you die, essentially at the peak of your career as a creative, there is a little bit of like, "Well, dude, you got locked in time right there." So uh, I mean, do I look back at Nirvana and say, "Like, boy, that was the sound. That was the thing that really changed it for me." No, not particularly. But, I don't even think they were the best Seattle band. But they have they they have an advantage that a lot of other acts didn't necessarily get. The twenty seven thing. And not to, not not to say dying via via suicide or did Courtney kill him or was it heroin or whatever happened is like an advantage. But in some capacity, there there's like you you get. You get frozen in time, and you never have to like grow old. You never have to put out the crap. So like there there's something there. Let me tell you how bad my brain beats up on myself. Okay. I have to sit here and think to myself, if a letter that Kurt Cobain, people, someone who people tell me is one of the most influent, influential artists of all time. Right. If, an, if a handwritten letter to David Geffen from, David Geffen's a celebrity in his own right. Right. To him is worth $28,000. Then what the hell am I worth? You know what I mean? Like I like I can't like nothing I do can be worth anything. Twenty eight thousand dollars at the most. See, a collectible a, a collectible item from Kurt Cobain is worth less than a brand new car. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I right? Mean, there's brand new ways, cars. Yeah. There's a million cars. You can go get one right now. So a, like, but there's one handwritten letter from from Kurt Cobain to David Geffen. He had one jacket sold. It was. The dark green um, velvet jacket with brass buttons worn on stage for multiple concerts. MTV's Live and Loud performed uh, other other like you know televised events that went for eighty seven thousand. Eighty seven. It's still less than I would have thought. I can't believe this stuff's going for under a hundred. Okay, so like I'm going to put you on the spot here, and I okay. should have probably prepped for you, uh, prepped you for this Sorry. earlier this morning. But <laughs> piece of rock and roll memorabilia you'd want because you don't care about anything. So no, I'd be curious I really to think. Don't care about anything. You don't. What What's the thing that jumps off to you? What's the thing where it's like, boy, that's really. Well, I, I think there are things I would rather have, but the, off the top of my head, I think I'm automatically going to go to Kiss here, just because they were such a big part of my youth, and they're such stage heavy, known like theatrics and all that. Like I think Paul's mirror guitar from the Love Gun Two tour. Okay. Uh, I'm sorry, the Alive Two tour. Oh, that's the one. Sorry, if Not you the get, Love Gun, it's it, Alive. Well, it was the Love Gun album, but it's Alive Two. If, if I if I could have had a stage played 
one of those. His one of his Ibanezes. I would want one of those. Yeah, I don't know if I would necessarily go to like, hey, what I want outfit is an, maybe is an instrument. Yeah, I was gonna say there might be like something else. Well, not even necessarily outfit, but like stage prop or something like that. Maybe I would be more interested in. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, once you have, you know that that guitar, that whatever, that becomes art. It's no longer like, hey, I'm going to learn how to play guitar on this thing. Um, but I yeah, I don't know if I would even necessarily go with instruments. I might go with like, oh, that was in a music video I remember. Or, oh, that was, you know, that, that, that was on stage or something like that. Oh, apparently, whoever's putting this, I'm hearing this from an audience member. I hope he's right. But I'm hearing um, whoever's putting this up for auction now already bought it. They bought it, obviously, and they paid 115 for it. Okay. And that, but again, be careful when you buy stuff. Right, because let's be real. Like, the further you get away from Nirvana's legacy, I think the less it's going to be worth, because I don't think they're really going to stand up the test of time forever the way people think. I don't think they're always... Listen, it, it, now is the time, because like now you have guys who are heavily influenced by that band who have some amount of money in their pocket. If you're a Gen Xer, I mean, at this When it's going to be worth a ton of money is when all these bands get over themselves and they do the I Love the 90s rock version tour okay. and they're all on the road and the one band you can't get is is Nirvana. Then it might be worth some money. But I think right now, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I... I, I, I I, I thought it was going to be worth a hell of a lot more money than that. No, I, not to me, but to somebody. Just because people like fawn over this dude. Now, if you get if you get an auction going, if it's two guys who really love Nirvana betting against, who each knows other, what could sure, happen? Sure, it could like, pop off. Yeah, but two hundred thousand dollars. I feel like even if you're rich at that point, I mean. Is it really worth more than that? But I, I don't know. I'm not. Rich, Sometimes, so if you're rich, it. it's worth it just to say you own it. Right. You know what I mean? Right. It's not that you really care. It's that somebody else wanted it, and they can't have it, and you can, and that's why they spend the money. There's more Stansberry Show for you right around the corner. You guys hang on. 6 9 Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. I can tell you this. Teresa at 1010 this morning gives you your next keyword, $1,000 with her. She'll have an opportunity for you every hour during her show. Also, every hour during Fish Head's program, which starts after 3 p.m. Weekdays here at Rock 106.9. The fish getting hooked up right Yeah, there. absolutely. He's got money for you, too. We were talking about this Kurt Cobain sweater that's going to go up for auction, the one that he was wearing during the uh, MTV uh, Unplugged taping. And Chris had a good point. He goes, I still think it sells for way more than a hundred grand just because when I close my eyes and I think of Kurt Cobain, that's what I think about. He was like, I, I think he's the point he's trying to make, Fantone, is, is that the letter to David Geffen might not mean the same. There are certain just because yeah. it's the same piece of memorabilia. It's it's not necessarily memorabilia to the band. It's the it's the thing. And he's kind of right here. Like there are three images that I have of Kurt Cobain in my head. There is the him in the sweater with the guitar for the unplug thing. There's the cover of Rolling Stone where he's wearing the T-shirt that says "Corporate magazines still suck," and the third one is when he's on the stage and like the in utero wing thing is behind him and he's kind of like they're they're playing in a concert. It's a famous photo. I, I'll do a bad job describing it, but those are the three images for Kurt Cobain that I have. So that might drive the value up a little bit. Yeah, I, I mean, are we going from a hundred thousand to one hundred fifty thousand? Okay, sure, but I don't think we're getting up anywhere. Three, four thousand, and I three hundred thousand. This existed, but like, I guess this was launched by Francis Bean Cobain, his daughter. Um, she took like a lot of his iconic looks and like made a new style yeah. of clothing. I didn't know this. I heard about like, this. There's yeah, like a like a like a Kurt Cobain. Like, there's a line out. Yeah, like yeah. His 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 style is now like a, is like a fashion line. KurtCobainShop.com. You can order the items right now.
Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, you know, whatever. I mean, she's got to make money off her dad's legacy somehow. Well, and, and, and just like Allison Chains is coming out with a new whiskey, just like Kisses slap their crap onto every single possible yeah, thing they could go. This is what they, but, but, but again, notice, though, everybody else is allowed to do it except for the group that showed you how to do it. Well, yeah, when you're the when you're the trailblazer, you're going to have to do some things that other people aren't. But yeah, dude, Kiss 100% led the way and now For every all other, of it. Now every other band, oh, there's the Iron Maiden. Bon Jovi's band, doing dude. cruises now <laughs> and the Do Megadeth like, is actually doing a cruise now. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, one one's a sellout, the other one's an artist. I guess. I guess. Wait till Tools out there doing a doing a thing. They're yet wine, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what the hell not, dude. Yes, yeah. if you have the opportunity to sell something and make money off your name call jeff eats freaking rock stars make some freaking money you know what you and i are going to do tomorrow on the program no what are we gonna we do? are going to talk to the ceo of the a7fl what is that which this is a football league that uses no pads and no helmets Jeez. yeah it's pretty interesting there's a video online at wrqk.com you can take a look at that and uh, a lot of people said well it's basically just rugby because i posted the video at the show's facebook page the CEO of the of the league kind of like started to follow the comments, and he's like, I, I think I could set a lot of your listeners straight if you're willing to talk okay. to me. And he actually reached out to us, so we're going to actually have him on the program tomorrow. I believe 7 a.m. is when that's going to go down. So we'll do that. Uh, aside from that, we are done. Teresa, like I said, has multiple opportunities to make you $1,000 richer than you were when you woke up this morning. I'd stick around and check her out. Aside from that, podcast will be up shortly at WRQK.com. We'll talk to you guys again tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. Rock 1069. You guys have a great day. We'll see you.